Hello everyone and welcome to the latest interview for Season Gaming Patrons. My guest today is none other than Jeremy Penter. You know him better as ACG. I've always been a big fan of his work and I had the pleasure of meeting Jeremy last year. And so today we're going to talk about a lot of things including YouTube and the algorithm itself, how we got started into content creation, what we think about people getting into content creation today and how much of a challenge that is, how the gaming industry is evolving and what's to come next, and a whole lot more. I hope you enjoy it. But I also want to take a quick moment just before we start to thank all of our current patrons and to just say if you haven't checked out Season Gaming's Patreon lately, we just got it up and running a few months ago. We've produced a lot of content over the past several weeks, and we would really appreciate if you check it out as it helps to support the things we do and helps us to keep continuing with creating honest gaming journalism. So... For now, let's get to the interview. And we are live with Mr. Jeremy Penter. You know him as ACG. Good morning, man. How you doing? Morning. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for sticking through all the scheduling. <laughs> no worries, man. It has been a crazy, crazy first quarter for games. Yeah. So someone like yourself that does so many reviews and impressions and podcasts and walkthroughs, like I can only imagine the amount of time you're putting into creation right now, man. Yeah, it's it's awesome, though. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's been probably one of the best quarters for gaming I can remember. I mean, it's just been fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's definitely equal to like the, or I think it was 2013 or whatever when Microsoft did Bioware, Bizarre, and Bungie at the same fall where they did, they did a Halo. They did a, what did they do? They did Mass Effect. They 2007. Did, yeah, 2007. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Shane Kim, yeah. I think, was running it then. And I remember just yes. like, that's a pretty insane, and not against Sony, I'm just saying that it, it if it was sony i'd say the same thing that was a pretty insane year to live through and it this was, has man. been pretty friggin close oh can we cuss <laughs> of course yeah go ahead okay i won't yeah. just be dropping f-bombs but I just <laughs> yeah yeah no you're good to go yeah it's nuts man it's uh and, and the crazy thing right is it doesn't really show any signs of slowing down um it, it just feels like that's the state of the industry now there's so many developers so many games it's just constant which is great really um, yeah definitely spoiled for choice if you will so um <clears throat> well yeah man i know we've been trying to do this a while so i'll just thank you again uh for formally mm -hmm. coming on it was funny uh one of the guys who follows our channel just randomly posted the other day he's like uh ains i don't know if you know acg but it'd be great to hear you guys sit down and talk and i was like well that's uh good timing yeah that because... is very good timing because we, <laughs> we got we also got to do which podcast did we do together was it Iron we did Lords uh the lords Dutch? no we did the lords okay. with um what were we talking about at the time? It wasn't massive. Was that with Boom Boomstick as well? I don't remember honestly. It was the one Lords of the like to fill up their podcast, right? <laughs> the Lord, the door, the Lords is like a buffet on the Pacific Coast at like seven a.m. on a Sunday when everybody's either pre-church or after church, and you go in, you're like, "What the hell is going on? Everybody's here." It is true. Yeah, they have uh, pretty much everyone from the gaming community in one spot, which is cool. Um, so before we get into, obviously, uh, everything about your content cr uh, creation, how you got into it, all that, I always like to go back and just start with gaming in general. And I know that you've been doing this a long time, like myself. That's, you know, why we're here. What, when did you start? What got you originally into gaming, you know, way back when you were a little, uh, a little centaur? Oh, when I was a little kid, um, <laughs> my mom and dad bought us, well, we had Pong, which was the yeah. little white bars. And yes. um, I was into Dungeon and Dragons big time. And then... I think my dad one Christmas got an Atari 2600. Of course. And that's pretty much, you know, 
like they, they were pretty cool about it. My dad wasn't around a lot because he was a really hard worker. He had his own business. It was a fish plant. So he was like, because mm. we do come from, you know, Rednectopia on the West Coast. So it's like <laughs> logging or fish plant back then. It's not that now, but it was sure. always like, you know, you didn't have a lot of stuff to do playing outside a lot of times. But then when a winter winter would come, you wouldn't really have much. And so we got, yeah, yeah we got the Atari 2600. And I remember just playing the hell out of it and the graphics were so bad that one of the manuals actually told you what your care what who the main character was it had to tell you it was like you're the brown <laughs> dot dotted dude with the white hat i believe it's indiana jones and it had to tell you who okay. you were because you couldn't even figure out that's how bad the graphics were but it didn't yeah. matter yeah everything was just cubes yeah but yeah. it was it Barely. was so revolutionary at the time you know we had mm -hmm. never experienced something like that it was to do that at home was just revolutionary and it wasn't so. actually that expensive i believe the atari if i remember right i think dad still has the receipt and i think it was only 199 which admittedly if you look at inflation that's a lot sure. but still that's not what i expected like that's i, I don't know why i expected it to be even more expensive because you know that kind of stuff back then a com personal computer was ridiculous hard yes. drives were 700 dollars, but that one <laughs> yeah. is still in the 199 which was weird yeah yeah i remember my dad first going to getting our first computer from radio shack and him signing a contract to buy it, to buy which was it, like yeah. several thousand dollars at the yeah. time in, in the 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, wild. Well, you, we know it's in the 80s when you mention Radio Shack, though. Of course. <laughs> right? Yes. Radio Shack. No I can sing the Radio Shack jingles, Payless. I don't know if you guys know what Payless is, but uh, they'd, of course. they'd have a Merry Christmas. They'd be like, Merry Christmas from Payless. And I was, I was, <laughs> I loved Christmas. So, like, when the jingles sure. came on TV, I was just like, let's get some games, bitches. It was, uh, yeah, I'm such a Christmas freak. <laughs> Back then, it was like, and, and all those stores, right? Payless, Radio Shack, all those, they're, they're all part of that mall theme for Christmas, yeah. right? It all had to do with going to the mall and experiencing Christmas with Santa and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so it's good. Wild. Yeah. Just a different era, man. Completely different era. But um, has it, has it been, part of like a core part of your life ever since was there ever a time in your life where you just kind of left gaming for a while and came back to it later or has you Video always gaming? been no diehard? no no i have like three uh martial arts video games um i did a lot of dirt dirt track racing when i was younger so that Sweet. would would come in dungeon dragons was always there mostly always there but the video games was always there as long as i had the money i mean video games were there because at some point you go past the point where your parents want to buy you ones and they start to be like, you need a job. Yeah. And I was I was pretty listless when I was like, I, I wanted to do entertainment shit. I didn't want to work. And strangely enough, I always got really hard jobs. I don't know how it happened. I hauled steel. I did lum lumberjack. I worked at my dad's fishing plant. So like I wouldn't have time. I would come home and be like roasted. I'd yeah. be physically tired, so I wouldn't play games. So sometimes it would go out for a month or so. But most of the time, most of the time gotcha. I was gaming. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, you know, we, we talk about the journey up till uh, relatively recently as YouTube got bigger and, you know, the social media space yeah. got bigger. What did you ever have kind of like when you first got into content creation, like did you was that a plan or did you just say, hey, I love this these games things. I'd like to do more with them. Let's start trying this new YouTube thing and see how that happens. Or did you have like a formulated plan? No, I um, I had no plan. I, I, I definitely wouldn't be doing it if something happened with my employment. But I hmm. started out making um, Arma levels and showing people how to make an Arma level in less than five minutes. I was like, here's the way to make a level that never plays the same. Because I've always been into procedural content and Arma 
has the ability for you to randomize things. And I was like, listen, this can take five minutes. You can play this game a hundred times. So I made a couple levels there. Um, I did a couple reviews. I was big into the level creation stuff. And then okay. I got fired or laid off is what they call it. But regardless, <laughs> you're not working there anymore. All right. And I got laid off and I had luckily saved some money. And I was I had paid my wife's way through college. So I was like, I'm going to try Sweet. YouTube because what I was noticing is that my friends would... I never ever in my life rated a game on a number like we never did. And I'm not dissing on anybody who does. I'm just saying we never did. It never came up because a number didn't mean anything yet. Like this game's an eight compared to what is it an eight? If it's $10 off, is it, it never made any sense. And so what I was noticing was that a lot of people we'd get into groups at my job or we get into groups at my home and people be like, well, what do you think? And I was into music, into audio. I also study. I take, I, take lessons in everything so like one of the things as a reviewer i've always been bothered by is that a lot of people don't know how games are made so mm-hmm. like right now i'm taking three advanced on real cl- classes i'm awesome. always wanting to do stuff too that's because i am I, it's not add i don't know what you call it i just never <laughs> sleep so i'm always doing stuff and i'm studying stuff and i got laid off and yeah i was just like um i'm gonna try it and see if it works and it worked pretty quickly mm-hmm. um it was. It, it's not necessary. It, it's. It worked pretty quickly, but it. I. It. There was. It was just not like it is today. There was no. There was no desire to make sure everything looked right. There was. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't have to worry about audio. You didn't have to worry about. You could just now production levels mm-hmm. are insane. Somebody will come to me and they'll be like, "Hey man, haven't started my channel yet. I'm thinking about spending about six grand to start it." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I spent like nine dollars. And obviously, if you go back and look at old stuff, you can tell. But yeah. it was a different time where you could get in on your personality or on your knowledge of stuff. So I got mm-hmm. lucky. I got really lucky. Everything came together because I was getting paid incredible money for what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I would probably still be doing it despite hating it, you know, yeah. or not hating it, but you know. Yeah. Not being what you love. Not, yeah. not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And it, it is wild nowadays um, when you look at, and that's kind of what I was going to ask you too. And, and we'll get there uh, down the road, but it's like the, the, the difference, even in just the past like five years, of yeah. uh, how many not even, not only just how many content creators there are and channels and everything else, but the level of production quality, like you said, it's just through the roof, and it it, it makes it very it's starting to make it very hard for new people to kind of get in, right? Yeah. So the people like yourself who got in years and years ago, it, it's it's just awesome to see. So I actually went back to your channel, and I don't know if you've curated it, um, but on your channel today, do you know what the oldest video is on your channel off the top of your head? I know one of the oldest videos is, well, podcasts, but one of my oldest is a review for a, a castle game. Oh, I can't remember. I can't huh. remember. So the, the anyway, the, the one that's showing there is from uh, May 14, 2013. So coming up on nine years ago now. It was a review for Dead Island Riptide. On oh, the Dead Island Riptide. Yeah. My best friends, by the way. Um, the <laughs> Vermintide devs are the ones who made that. They're okay. also my very first meeting at a GDC. And I nice. run in. And I'm like, dude, I reviewed your last game. It sucked. <laughs> and we're best friends, man. Victor's been on my podcast like 25 times, it feels like. Brian, or, uh, uh, Liam O'Neill's been on a couple times. And uh, we ended up leaving, and it was a really fun experience to do GDC with them. And, yeah, that wasn't my first review because I, I do delete all like sure. old crappy ones that are just like testing or whatever. But yeah. – um, that is awesome, and that will never get deleted. So it'll most likely always be the first one because they, if there was a couple people that I met or that helped me, that if they hadn't, I probably 
whatever I'm doing now would probably look different. And I went to GDC as with like 30,000 subs and met them. And Magnuson emailed me like Mm -hmm. 10 days later. And he was like, I've never had a better interview in my life. He's like, we've laughed so because, dude, we were playing the game. We were fucking around. I I was I mean, we were joking and that's the way I am. And yeah, that sort of solidified that it can be positive. So I didn't have a bad experience. I had a good experience with an interview with a company that they knew the way I was because I was like, dude, that riptide fucking terrible and they're like no we watched your review we know i'm like all right i'm just saying we need to we need to be online and the the cool thing is they'll feed back to me they'll be like you were wrong on this blah 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 Mm -hmm. it's just really cool to start that way and then the other um thing that changed not necessarily changed where i was going but total biscuit and i because i was getting popular at the same time and Mm -hmm. total biscuit admittedly is pinky up you know he's a little like Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to call it pretentious, but whatever. <laughs> and we had some reviews that clashed a couple times. And some of the stuff he did, he turned off comments, which at the time I didn't know why. Mm. I was like, why are you turning off comments? Like, that's a feedback mechanism. Admittedly, he was right. I was wrong. But we went back and forth a couple times. He DM'd me a couple times. We talked. And I wouldn't say I was antagonistic towards him, but there were times where I'm like, why, why are you doing it this way? Like... Why yeah. are you, why are we pinky up on this when, when it's still a fun game? Cause sometimes he'd go hard on a game for no, re- like, I'd be like, dude, I don't get it. Why are you going hard? Why are you like taking this fucking game to the paint? Like you're just yeah. destroying it. You're kicking the shit out of it. He has to buy new shoes. I'm like, why are you kicking the shit out of this game? If there's just one thing wrong and it was never mean or anything. Then I was having issues with monetization. I was getting demonetized all the time. I would Mm. upload a video demonetized instantly. And this is just YouTube. And he contacted me out of the blue. And he's like, do you want me to help you with this? And I was like, fuck, that's (laughs) nice of him. So then we started talking and then we found out we both loved Airsoft. And then we were like, all right. And then after a while, we're like, dude, I think we're fast friends right now. And then we just started talking more and more. And he helped me. And in fact, one of the things that started when I started, I would ask people for help. There would be no help. So that's why on my patron level, I do have to do it on patron because I can't help everybody. But we do have like a help assistance level, which is just like, because we all make the same mistakes and I made the same mistakes and I lost so much time making those mistakes and Mm. Total Biscuit helped me out with like four or five of them. He was like, you can do this. And you talk this way, so maybe you should do this where I don't do that. Like, he was very open to people being different than him in their delivery of game information. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. It was very cool. So I had two awesome sort of polar opposite interactions that sort of got me, like, to wow. understand, you know, exactly how it should probably be run. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it sounds like pretty early on, too. Which then Yeah, they were pretty early right? on. Like, Mad Max and a little before that was, was Total Business. So that was 2017 or 15 when Mad Max came out. We yeah. started talking, but uh, prior to that, yeah, really, really early was was the Vermintide guys, and then just over time picking up on things and being like, oh, you know, I think I can, I think I can probably do it, and then yeah. luckily seeing success. I think right now I wouldn't though. If really? I started, no, no, because even I've noticed, and I've talked to every reviewer about this. Yeah, re- views are going down yeah. dramatically, and because there is so much noise when a game comes out, there's mm-hmm. so much noise. There's 10 things you need to know 
don't play this game until you watch this. Don't play this game until you watch this because there's 10 things you maybe perhaps possibly need to know. And these video <laughs> titers get, and all this stuff. I don't think it, I would have to do something weird, you know, mm. really weird, or again, work really hard, which yeah. is not bad, but I mean, unrealistically. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. So let, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. So at what point, and we'll circle back to that kind of modern, you know, 2022 look at it, because I know you've been pretty vocal about some of the challenges and not challenges, well, challenges and issues with Google and YouTube lately. And I think yeah, a lot of creators have, yeah, yeah, it's been a problem, right? Especially for smaller channels like me and, and yep. plenty of others. But um, at what point, like, so that's 20, you know, early 2010s, what have you, you're doing this, you, you get your YouTube up and going, you're starting to get tens of thousands of subs. At what point did you think to yourself, this is, you know, this is it, this is viable long term for me to do, you know, for the foreseeable future? Not the way I think. When I got laid no? off, okay. it was instantly, it has to be viable. Okay. All right. Or I'll, or I'll walk away. So I, that's when I started putting plans. So when I got laid off, I had already had a couple good reviews, but I was busy. I was working mm -hmm. and I worked about 75 hours a week. So Ooh. I would have to like crunch in a game and I knew scheduling. That's pretty much the only thing I would, I mean, and this isn't dissing on me, but or it's not like self-deprecating, but I honestly believe one of the only things I offer to gaming is probably the score system as well as scheduling. I'm good at scheduling. Mm -hmm. That's what my job was. And so like I can schedule reviews very easily. I can be like, all right, I need 45 hours for this review, blah, blah, blah. And so I can parse things out. And um, the moment I was laid off, I was like, it has to be. Mm. And that's the yeah. way I treated it was it has to be. Okay. Like under no circumstances will it not be. And I'm not a dummy. I say that and I go forward, but you're always checking. You're looking at benchmarks going, is it worth it? Is it not? You know, of course. Yeah. Especially because yeah, yeah. I don't do sponsors and stuff, which is huge. Like that's a massive financial removal from the channel. Yeah. Like massive. I've been offered $10,000 to cover a mobile game. Like multiple really? times. Yeah. Wow. So that's, by the way, three, four, five months of YouTube in yeah. one video. But wow. yeah, no, I, I pretty much decided it was going to be a thing. Wow. Yeah, that's wild, man. But I think that's, it's fair to say, I think that's why myself and so many kind of respect you, right? Is that I think for many like us who have been around gaming a long time, have seen these sites come and go, see plenty of sites today that do things what I always preach about is the wrong way in my eyes and, and the negative way. I think someone like yourself who just kind of does it what we would consider the the right way, if there is a right way, but in a way that's honest and, and forthright and detailed, because you know, you know, as well as I do, there was a mentality especially from the bigger outlets at a time where a video review should have been like five minutes, six minutes. And, you know, it's, it's this very surface level look at something. Um, and I think people like yourself have proven, look, there's, there's a huge community out there that wants something different from that, 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 that doesn't do anything for us. You know what I mean? Like I want that 20 minute detailed review. That's going to tell me about mechanics and design. Uh, and we'll get into your walk in the walk stuff, which I love, but I think that, but I think that, um, you know, I think that that's a credit to you and what you've created over the past several years. Yeah, they don't. Um, I mean, I, that's why I say the note sponsored and let, not two minutes long. You know, sometimes I'll say it and sometimes I won't because I don't do scripting like most people do. It's off the cuff. So when I do, I, I try to remember to put it in there. 
But I actually, one of my first videos was bitching about Witcher 3 reviews because I was so stunned <laughs> that people were doing 3.5 minute reviews. <laughs> right. And so people will be like, who did two minute reviews? They'll get mad at me. And I'll be like, dude, that's a little bit of hyperbole. Let's be honest. But sure. right now we have multiple channels that are called three minute reviews. Yep. Now there's nothing wrong with that. But that also proves that there are people that want the opposite. And I definitely, where I've worked, you're always looking to shoot the gap versus, so shooting the gap, at least in our business sense, was like looking at what was working, trying to figure out if you have something unique and injecting it in there. For yeah. example, we were talking about OSTs for the last 20 years for games. No one covered music. And I was like, well, this makes no fucking sense. Why is nobody covering music? Or they'll be like, the music was bombastic. I'm like, Michael Bay can say that. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah. And I'll have people straight up will be like, can't watch his review. Can't watch his review. He talks about music. And I'm like, good, bye. Because <laughs> that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The very reason they don't want to watch my review is the very reason I started doing reviews. Because I didn't like what I was seeing. So right. if they don't like what they're seeing, you know, I know it's a negative and they're trying to be like, ha ha, you, you lost me. And right. it's like, no, I never gained you. I'm more right. interested in who I gain than who I lose because you can't please everybody. I'll have people who come into the channel and be like, I love you. This is the best review ever. I just found you. And I always tell people in the Discord, I'm like, that person will leave because they're too emotionally tied up in what they just heard. And I will piss them off at some point. <laughs> and there's a lot of reviewers you can tell are very tentative about that. They're mm. very tentative or they find something that works, a hate for a company or a love for a particular company and they latch yeah. onto it because they get nervous. And I'm like, dude, I've had cancer. Like, do you think fucking video game reviews matter to me? They don't. Mm -hmm. You can be serious while you're doing it and then not take it serious afterwards. And so that's what I do. I take the review serious because somebody gave me a game. Then the moment that review goes up, you're done. Like, what do you, you can't go back and retroactively be, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So it's like, you have to emotionally d disconnect. And I do, I mean, I do think that you'll hear people say they respect it. I don't think everybody does. I'm not saying you don't, but you'll hear the typical stuff where people are like, I love your stuff. And you'll be like, have you watched my shit? Ever? Yeah. 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 Um, but we've talked like, I want to make sure people don't think that of, of you, but it, it does pop up a lot. And I, I do know it can piss people off because sometimes people feel they have a valid point and they want to bitch about it and i'll be like that's great but it is it is just video games yeah. and right now there's a war and i don't believe in like what what about isms but at some point if somebody's really tight because the, i didn't love a game or i rated one game a buy and one game a wait and they're that tied up i almost don't want them to continue to follow because i'm nervous that they're 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 that's not i'm not saying it's not healthy but that's pretty raw to be that stressed about an opinion somebody else has. Yeah. You know, you can be love it because you get data, but when you start getting into this cult of personality shit, it's really disturbing. Yeah. It's actually yeah. sort of gross. But. It is. It absolutely is. And sadly, we it's I don't know about you, and it's may, maybe it's maybe it's just the space we live in today with social media, but it seems pretty prevalent. You know what I mean? There seems to yeah. be a lot of that. And uh it's exhausting. Um we talk about it all the time on our channel where it's like that that's actually you know you talked about your kind of inspiration for how you started your channel and why or or why you wanted to do reviews and, mm -hmm. and videos the way you did that's what you just mentioned there is why i started season gaming is i was pretty tired of the constant just bickering and console pitting against each other you know all the nonsense that goes on and the negativity yeah. and i was like this is not what gaming is supposed to be about you know what i mean this is a positive thing that has brought us joy for decades like what do we why are you arguing about them every day? It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, discuss, uh, like generalized discussion around stuff is great. Critiquing is great if you have the knowledge. But yeah. uh, at some point, it becomes... It, at some point it becomes weird. I like, I don't know. I am very, I admittedly, I am probably an outlier in the way people act online. I do know it. Cause people, even total biscuit told me that he's like, Hey, I had some issues when I was smarting off to people, you know, it didn't look good for me. And I was like, I don't give a fuck like at all. Like that's if they're, I won't do that to somebody who's not being a smart ass, right. but if they are walk into the, you know, walk in, <laughs> expect to have somebody, you know, challenge you. And I, I see that people are negative, and I, I think that that's very valid. Critique is very valid. Uh, it's very valid when you do a video and you make a mistake that somebody can say, hey, dude, you made a mistake. I make them all the time, like especially because I do a lot of data and a lot of examples. I, for example, I trace microtransaction purposes across mathematical curves in a game when I'm reviewing oh, it. Oh, really? Okay. To, yeah. I do a lot of – and I talk about it sometimes, but it's just like sometimes I don't want to tell my secrets for like how I come up with an sure. opinion. But I'll be like – and it's funny because when you're reviewing a game, no lie, man, this happens a lot. You'll be reviewing a game, and if you watch other reviews, you can tell if somebody's played that game very long or not. Oh, yes, be, big you time. Can, like, instantly be like, that yep. person did not play the game. I, I saw people <laughs> on Assassin's Creed not know that the Assassin's or the um, Cultist tab came up. They were like, there's nothing else to do. And I was all, dude, that comes up in the first, like, 20 hours of the game, doesn't it? Yep. And um, and that's not even dissing on people that don't, because you can't finish every one. You just have to tell people that you don't. You can't finish an NFL game. How are you going to review that? Yeah. But you do when you do start tracking stuff, the more detailed you'll get, you'll make mistakes. <clears throat> um, so that's cool. But it's just really weird, man. Sometimes you get that negativity, and you're looking at it, and you're like, man, there's a lot of things to be really upset about, and I'm not 100% sure this is where you want to like uh, die on the uh, sword. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. There's far more important things to be pissed off about right now than this. Yeah. Um, about that review, because I, I, I yell about that all the time, is, you know, when I do a review, you know, everyone has their own methodology, right? That's kind of what we're talking about. But I, I'm I'm very big proponent of really experiencing the game, and I loved your point about understanding how and why games are designed the way they are, at least at a base level, right? Yeah. Or yeah, um, so that you can kind of, you know, you can kind of offer perspective on what they were going for and it, did they achieve it and these types of things. Um, one of the things that drives me up the wall, and I don't know what you think about it or how you handle it, is when I do see those reviews, right? I'll see a review that gets tens of thousands of reviews or uh, hits or whatever. Um, and then you, you watch it or listen to them and you're like, they didn't even get halfway through the game. Like it's blatantly obvious that they didn't, you know, really put the time in, in the game. Does that drive you crazy as much as it does me or is it just me? <laughs> well, it does. But one thing I've taken away from it is that, well, first of all, like I said, it does happen. You should be clear about it because, or yeah. I just call them review in progress, which nobody gets yeah. mad about. I don't like doing review in progress because I am against that. But if I can't get through a game, especially like when you have dark souls and for forbidden West and all this stuff, and you're like, mm -hmm. all right, Something's got to give because I'm not, a, I can't work, you know, time travel. By the way, if my face looks red in the video, that's because I also teach martial arts. So I just got out of that. So my, I think my blood pressure is sky high right now. Well, no, it's actually low, but I feel sweaty. Um, so anybody who's watching is like, Carrick's going to have a stroke. No, I am not. But I do look like a cherry. Uh, it was a hot workout this morning. But it, 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 you have time. You try to do stuff. You try to review stuff. You try to cover it. And sometimes... You can't, but yeah, you get those times where maybe you're listening and you're like, hmm, I normally don't care too much okay. any, anymore. What I care about is I will, 
I very much see a slant where some companies, so a company is disliked, their game is good, but the game somehow gets driven into it's bad because they don't like the company mm -hmm. um, or the publisher. And that to me is, is very, if I reviewed cars and I said the manufacturer of the screws has been known to, you know, overwork their workers. So therefore the car review is bad. That's not factual. Right. And so the only thing I really cared about is factual stuff. So even if the person hasn't played a bunch, they say review in progress. If they, if they're factual about it, it's fine. But I do see the unfair. So I would say it's, it's more to me is when I like, I'm like, well, for example, the ape game that came out where you were apes, mankind, human mankind. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see what the developers said about that? There were reviewers stating something about you can, when you ride horses, it's bad. And he's like, there's no horse riding in there. <laughs> that is a, f that, that's weird. Like then yeah. you have to go, wait, what, what's happening here? Um, <laughs> but I can't worry about what other people are doing. And if somebody sure. gets 10,000 views and I got one, if that one person cared because it was detailed, I actually think that is, to me, it's worth a lot because that means um, that they're not a part of the 10,000 that doesn't care because a lot of people will pretend to care. They'll argue, but then mm -hmm. they'll, you'll see them talk about a review that isn't covering a lot and you'll be like, all right, so which side are you on? Because if you're saying you care, about some particular part of a game, but you're using like this thing, which is factually incorrect. Yeah. How much do you really care? Or are you just here to argue today? Which yeah. which does happen. I just try to move on from it. And like I said, I outcreate. That's one of the things I, whenever anybody new comes in and they're like, hey, I'm getting beef because there's apparently Twitch is big on beef. YouTube less so, mm. but people having issues with each other. And I yeah. definitely noticed now that we're getting some Twitch streamers on YouTube, they're uh -huh. starting to like artificially try to create drama between each other. They don't create drama usually with YouTubers. They're trying to create drama with like Twitch streamers who've come to YouTube, mm -hmm. which is really weird because the beef that occurs on YouTube, at least for me, has been beef requires two people. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm out. I don't give a fuck. You do whatever you want, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, you'll see smaller channels though that will get, I guess you call it hate brigaded, you know, or whatever. There's been a couple people reached out to me. What I usually say is take whatever precautions you have to take but the big thing is to outcreate somebody because what happens with negativity a lot of people shut down creation mm -hmm. and to me i have outlets martial arts is one i teach boxing those are what so i'll go i lift weights all the time so i'll go lift weight I'll, it sort of burns out over there mm -hmm. and then i can come back and create because i'll tell you what if i sat and looked at every negative comment it would lower your creation ability because that's what and that's what those people are hoping for in a way is to sort of stop you, you know, they're bit, and uh, that's usually what I tell new people is just, you have to outcreate, yeah. outcreate, and you'll make mistakes and people will bitch, but I'll tell you what, dude, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that stat, but it's like 800,000 billion gillion hours of YouTube videos uploaded every minute. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. So it's, it's nuts. So it's like yeah. this too shall pass, man. And you know, yeah. it's like, all right, it's here. You made a mistake or your review isn't in line with everybody else's move on. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good points. So talking about out creating, uh, let, let, let's talk about walking the walk. So walking the walk, and I, I know I've said this to you before, but is you're walking the walk of Witcher 3, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, that's actually what originally turned me on to your content. Uh, and what the really, walking the walks? 
yeah, the walk in the walk of Witcher 3 specifically, and obviously since then. Um, <clears throat> I went back and looked this morning when I was kind of looking through your content, and that was almost six and a half years ago, that video, um, which is nuts. But I, I just absolutely love the detail, right? Like, it's it's the type of content that goes into what we were talking about, where you're you're kind of analyzing how developers created a game world, right? And 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 kind of commenting on that. And I think that's not only unique content in the space, um, but it's important because I think that uh, we, we've talked about it, right? A lot of reviews are surface level and then reviewers like yourself, uh, myself as well, and some others go into more detail. But when you're talking about an hour video, hour and a half video, you can really start to really fine tune or fine hone in on specific yeah. details of design and development and why developers may have done something the way they did things you may not even notice while you're playing or reviewing a game and yeah. i just i just absolutely love that man so like was what was the inspiration for that like to create that series and do do you still love kind of going through that as much as uh as as you once did do you still love doing that with game modern games yeah they the, the views are terrible terrible <laughs> the views are terrible and I, they're just the, and one of the reasons why is because you won't catch me doing. So this is another thing that happened early, which colored the walk in the walks. Um, I'm interested if somebody mimics real life, how they mimic animal systems. Um, yeah. Technical, how they made the game. Did, like with Watchdogs, they went and recorded just people walking down the street to sort of get the real vibe of, of that location, those kind of stuff. Um, so this happened to me. I'm not going to say who it was because I don't think that's needed. But there are a couple very popular lore YouTubers okay. with very long videos. And I happened to know one of the developers for a game. And we were talking. This is prior to Discord, I believe, even. This was like, I don't even know what we use prior to Discord. Probably uh, <laughs> what the Microsoft Skype. And I said, hey, I'm going to go watch this video. And they said, well, don't take it seriously or something. And they were considered one of the more serious, like, lore creating you know uh like people who created lore videos so i said what do you mean he said dude none of those are ever right mm. and i was like well what do you mean and he's like you'll have somebody be like this is the color blue because blah 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 uh it, it goes with the you know th this sign over here and you know in this game and it, it, you, you see this design over here which actually might mean that there was a secret here you know all this kind of stuff and he's like mm -hmm. no nah, dude it's never right because ever like he, I, like he was like, developers aren't thinking that. And mm. he gave me a very good example. He said, do you, he said the, de the lead developer can, and the producer can, though producers change their job, uh, the way they run in a company, some producers do different things, but like sure. the Vermintide guys, their producers do a very specific thing, but overall you can identify who has what touch, um, for the most part, there is not enough time nor enough communication between all these groups. For somebody to say hey this over here is going to just hint at something over here or at least many of them some of them will happen and but not as many not near as many as for three hour lore videos and sure. i was like really and he was like yeah dude it, it, the the business doesn't allow for that it's it makes no sense he's like there's not communication like that there's not even it would it be impossible because you would have to talk to the texture guy Talk yeah. to the, you'd have to be like, yeah, you have to put this one thing here. It has to be there. And one again is possible. Two or three is possible. But when you start hearing like there's 40 or 50. So what I did was I looked at those. I didn't want to cover 
tech stuff too much because I get really tired of people being like, if we zoom in on this corner of this <laughs> fucking box at 8,000, there's approximately, you know, 14, you know, missing pixels. And you're like, dude, what? <laughs> like, who can I mean, I love the tech, but that's, that is not in my enjoyment of the game. And right. so what I did was I was like, well, I love history. I love reading. I read voraciously and I like facts. So what I started doing was studying for every one of them and um, or just my own knowledge from reading. And that's how Witcher <laughs> 3 came about was like talking about the rocks, the shale, how they built correct, actually geology. All of that was actually done right in some places. There was a crazy amount in Witcher 3 that was done correctly. And mu much of it's because they had somebody take a picture of an old, you know, Norwegian village. Right. And so, of course, it's going to mimic if the art designer looks at that and says, let's pretty put, let's pretty much put it here. But. Then it stretches across all that. Horizon Zero Dawn did that. I was wrong about something. I did one for Forbidden Wilds, I think. And the de lead developer tweeted me, tweeted it and was like, this is amazing. It has stuff in it I didn't even know or think about. And then they DM'd me and they said, actually, one th you thought it was this. It's not. But now that I see what you said, I'm wondering if subconsciously I was thinking that. Because that is exactly <laughs> what it looks like. But that's not at all. And so you get this cool thing. But I decided to get away from like the lore stuff and get into how they're made and how they're put together. And yeah. and that was more fun. And art, color theory, music, stuff like that. So Yeah. That's uh, amazing, man. I think it's very unique content and it's insightful. And uh yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to call that out because like they're I said, funny. that's how yeah, that's how I originally found you. And it, it's some of the my favorite stuff that you do, honestly. Yeah, um, I wish I wish more so. than 10 people watch this fucking thing. <laughs> it is a shame, right? Like, because they I'm don't sure make they any money. They really? don't do any of you. Oh, dude, they make shit money. And but people who watch them, watch them voraciously. Yeah, so like exactly. Some, yeah. Yeah. So they'll have high thumbs up or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I've started. I don't know if you've noticed, but I started doing them now on the new games. I've mm -hmm. been asking companies. I've been like, well, why should I wait? Now, you should wait because of spoilers. I found that out. I released okay. one early, and I was like, whoops, that's probably not the best plan. People aren't going to want to watch this. Right. But uh, I've definitely been doing I did one for The Ascent where I found the uh, uh, program that lets you hack the camera in Unreal games, and I found out that in The Ascent, they have a full city that you never see. And really? so in my huh. Yeah, so in my Walk in the Walk, I did it all in first person, and I was like, this is what a cyberpunk game should look like. Yes, I was being a dick, but I was like, this is... This is what cyberpunk really should have been and was showing all the that kind of stuff intrigues me. Like what's going mm. on behind the scenes, how people do stuff, how they cheat. I love that. When you find out a developer cheated some way and you, mm. you, you never like some awesome thing happens. And then you found out that like, it was a bug. Like the, um, there was the thing for Skyrim. They just did an amazing video. Jonah Loeb, the artist, he got everybody together to do uh, an anniversary video for Skyrim. And he was talking about some of the things that they couldn't figure out and one came up and it was at the original they they were talking about bethesda and hole at this point but todd howard stated that on the original xbox morrowind crashed all the time mm -hmm. so what they did was and it would crash when loading so they found out a way to keep a buffer frame of the loading screen and the entire xbox rebooted in the loading screen that's so right some, i remember that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes you'll get a very long loading screen that's the xbox original actually fully rebooting and getting back to that point and starting again. And I was like, what the hell? That's amazing. And so that stuff excites me. And that's, yeah. That, yeah. The walking walks are fun. Yeah. 
Well, it's that kind of understanding of uh, uh, game design developer insight that's important, right? Like, yeah. And that ties back to reviews, like we were talking about. When you when you start to understand the types of things that designers, developers, artists, what have you, put into a game, it gives you a different perspective when you're actually reviewing a game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, you know, I think that's important. I think so. it's also fair. Because I could go and buy a Hyundai Genesis and then race in like an F1 race. But if it did poorly, should I bitch about it? <laughs> and so what happens is you're gonna you get a lot of people who will be like well this game doesn't do this and doesn't do that and it's like it never planned exactly never planned to do that exactly. and and it's it's a, it's not only a false equivalency it's a it's it's really just not an accurate reflection of whatever what the title is it's just like mm -hmm. that's not the title you should be able to what i usually believe is that when you go into a review you're asking questions is it a good genre representation if it's not because it's a mixture does it mix the genres well because we definitely get a lot of mixed genres mm -hmm. like gears of war tactics which turned out amazing yeah but who thought that like when i first played gears of war if somebody said hey we're doing an you know an XCOM style game i'd be like what the fuck that's gonna <laughs> suck <laughs> and uh, but once you understand what they were trying to do now it fits perfectly in in their world and i'm like i get it i get it. but you have to have that if you don't man i just don't think that's fair and yeah. at, at minimum you should be fair to what you're reviewing like it only because that's also fair to your viewers if you're yeah. not fair then what are you doing like yeah. why are you exact why are you calling it you could just call it an opinion video at that point i guess yeah 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 that's fair too yeah so you're at the point now, man, where uh, you're closing in on 800,000 subs, which, you know, is, is obviously wild. One of the biggest channels out there. Is that surreal to you? Like, what's that feel like when you reflect on it now, year, a few years later or several years later? It shows that I didn't succeed. <laughs> I had a bad I had a bad two years, man. Technically, nothing uh -huh. worked right for two solid years. I should be well over a million. This is just my own. I'm not saying egotistical. I'm saying that. I feel like I, I messed up. Things didn't go right. Games didn't come in. I got a lot of game companies that were a little hedgy on working with me because, well, at least I think, because I do cuss. That came up mm -hmm. with Sony a lot. Sure. Um, and, and I've been asked by companies, hey, man, you know, can you not drop a Peter North joke in the middle of this video? <laughs> and I'll be like, absolutely. Now I actually state that. I think it's fair. I think mm -hmm. that's absolutely fair. Like to say, Hey man, you know, we want everybody to see this. Can you, so I had, yeah, I had bad, I had two bad years. I didn't. So for example, some games, like some games I would have a tech technical issue with that just made it. So I couldn't even review it. I mean, yeah. I could, I could have said it crashed right away. Don't get it. But that's, that's not the same thing. And like world war two call of duty. I remember boots on the ground kind of game and it yep. just didn't work. Cyberpunk. I know that they were nervous about me because they reached out to me a year earlier and we we're like we want you to be a premier reviewer we're gonna blah 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 and then that contact dis a fucking period really? and i was like that's <clears> weird <throat> and there was a lot of hedginess and i was like what is going on and then it dawned on me when i started hearing rumors i was like oh shit they don't want me to just absolutely hammer this because yeah. i would have absolutely hammered i did when i did my review but i was yeah. you know so yeah i had two bad years i it's surreal it's awesome and i don't take it for granted but i do I do look at some mistakes I made and some yeah. like hardware issues where I didn't have backups for certain things. I lost a hard drive, which had every single thing on it and had Oof. to pay a clean room to pull the parts because I was not smart enough to back up my software like a, an idiot.
Like that's what I tell everybody, pay five bucks, back up everything you've got. If you're a YouTuber, back up every thumbnail, back up every software program you've got, because if you don't, you're going to be like me and review won't be possible because your shit's in the dumpster. You know? Man, that's, but yeah, that's, it, that's a nightmare cool. scenario. It is. It's cool, yeah. but it's weird to see the views drop on these. No one's getting good. Even IGN, today's videos that went up for Weird West, I don't know if yeah. you saw that, but they're at like 50,000, which 50,000 was an hour uh, the first hour usually of a, of smaller games a year or two ago and uh, talking to every reviewer that is what's going on there's a lot of chaff a lot of people looking at one there's game pass which i think yeah. is amazing but with game pass that means a person may not need to even look at a review yeah they just play and, it yeah and just play it which is why i've started to shift and start doing <clears> impressions <throat> and previews because when you combine those two they do equal the old numbers that's what i've been doing is a preview and then the review and they usually equal the review numbers yeah yeah it's interesting weird west by the way man i'm uh i'm reviewing it as well i'm not further enough to publish a review yet in my opinion but man i'm enjoying the hell out of it. i saw you really enjoyed it too dude that game everybody i know well there's been a couple like who really hated it but every per i have a reviewer discord which is like about sure. 19 or 20 different reviewers in there we all do you know because you've got friends but i just sat and read this transcript of things people did in that game that I had not done. And I, I, tr I tested shit. Like I would sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Will that affect this? Yes, it does. No, this doesn't. Yes, this does. No, this. And I went in there and I was just like, rigged for Epic did a review and I read his PC gamer did a review and I read theirs. PC gamer had something at the last two or three paragraphs. It's a pretty short review, unfortunately, but it does have something that I hadn't thought of. And I was like, holy crap, that worked. <laughs> that to me is the absolute heart of an immersive like sim like this mm -hmm. and dude it feels like prey all over again not yes. as not as polished as prey because prey i think looked better but still man so good yeah 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 i'm enjoying it and good shout out to prey man one of my absolute favorites um uh, yeah incredible game um <clears throat> so yeah you you've mentioned a few times now around um you know kind of youtube now 2022 content creation um that landscape is drastically drastically different uh now than it was even like we said a few years ago i mean what what you, you mentioned earlier around if you were going to get into it now you probably wouldn't like if you were starting fresh right now right yeah. uh because it's just a, such a challenge right now do you think like is, how does that get better i don't see it getting any better right it just seems like every day there's there's more and more channels and more and more buzz and kind of noise as you said uh spread across so thin it makes it very very challenging for for smaller channels to really kind of break through you know what I mean? yeah and if people don't know like what something can happen um no nothing against these guys because this is their right and they should be able to do it and they do it smart but for example a review that comes out usually IGN has seven to eight videos about that game mm -hmm. and they, it's called channel stuffing, but there, there's nothing actually that's, they should, they have that many people, but that's what becomes difficult because they used to not do that. Now they're like preview first, this first 10 things, this blah, blah, blah. And so it is very hard for somebody to look and get and shoot the gap, which again is sort of where I came from. It was a job where you're always looking at not only strengths, but you're looking at the inverse, like. You look at somebody's strength and you're like, are they really strong there? Or or do we have the ability to like be seen in this spot? Or do we yeah. have the ability to be, or is there something no one's covering? I'm not going to give away a couple secrets because I am 
changing. I'm not changing. I'm adding stuff to the channel. I never really remove anything. There are some gaps, but dude, they're not very big. Yeah. And production's hard. And dude, uh, so I'm sure you know this, but I, I've got a couple friends who are PR at smaller companies. Now, bigger companies, they move around a lot. That's another thing. Don't piss yeah. off a PR person because <laughs> they move all the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so one of them, they told me that in one one of the reasons why they don't tell everybody you've got a code or why they don't want everybody to know you've got a code is because if I post Carrick got a code, they will have 600 emails on top of the 1200 one single person has. Yeah. And that's why you have Rainmaker and some other places for you to apply for codes. But guess what? Those still do the same thing. They're right. all they're doing is tiering you now and putting you in tiers that the PR person can see. And so getting codes is also harder. So what I would say, if a newcomer's coming in, um, I'm starting to do it. I'm going to continue re-reviewing uh, re after a patch, mm -hmm. you know, covering what a patch does. We do it on the podcast every Friday now. We have a huge update section where Abzi is just like, these are the top 10 games that got substantial updates this week. Yeah. And by the way, 10 is a hard parse down from 100. <laughs> sure. Like, Right. Like you and sometimes it'll be like, there weren't many. And I'll be like, no, there were many. He's just doesn't want to admit that. Like we had to parse these down because they were huge. So I think somebody can shoot yeah. the gap there. You can shoot the gap on if a game patches and ruins itself. There's, there's ways there, but yeah, there's, it's hard, man, for a newcomer. Like I've tried to help people that are so skilled. Uh, for example, skilled media that weird, weird name, but skilled media. <laughs> he was a guy I had on the channel a couple years ago. He's left, he left, um, about six years ago, but he was in YouTube. He had every production thing nailed, everything, audio. It, you, you saw stuff and you were like, this guy's at least seven years ahead of the game because he was doing that in his real life, mm. but he could not get traction. Yeah. And I had him on the channel. I, I, I still talked to him, had him on the channel, all this stuff. And it was just like, dude, let's push this guy. I mean, it's like, I have no issue if he passes me. It's like, great, because, dude, he's 10 times better than me on, yeah. like, his podcast look couldn't, couldn't, it just didn't work. So you mm. can capture it on if you want to do drama, but then what if yeah. that dies? Or what if somebody comes after you? What if you say something these days that, you know, burns you in the long run? You got to watch out for that. And I, I don't even mean saying something risque. I mean, like, well, like I said, piss off a PR or do something sure. like that where sure, your sure. access is removed. Um luckily when it comes to games i don't see that very much I, I you know you hear some people that got blackballed i know that because i was cuss cussing sony didn't get one didn't give me a couple until mm -hmm. we talked about it um but i think that overall a newcomer just getting your name on the board like well that's why i just shout out people in yeah. review videos i'll just be like hey here's a new like uh happy console gamer i love his stuff Okay. writing on games writing on games is phenomenal shame dude Seamus, he doesn't do a lot he he has a lot of angst around youtube and difficulty there but his stuff sure. is next level dude <laughs> he broke down hitman 3 and he breaks it down not in that i don't know how to describe it but in a lore gamer's way where you're like and then there's four of these symbols you're like oh my fucking god i'm gonna die seamus man just anybody listening writing on games i am telling you right now this guy he's only been on the podcast once or twice it's not like we're high-fiving and he's given me an affiliate link the dude yeah. is that good and my discord i swear to god half the time they love him more than me he broke down <laughs> hitman three levels by level but he didn't break it down in the way he didn't break it down 
in a way that it was a little bit like a walking the walk where there's still emotion in it. And he was talking yeah. one time about how he was under, he was doing stealth, but he was under like the staircase. He started to feel like this God and he, but it's well-written. He's very well-spoken, but the way he did it, I was, dude, I don't watch YouTube. I just don't. I almost okay. never watch YouTube unless I'm watching like, you know, news, uh, not news, but information videos and stuff. Sure. And sure, I was sure. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> the entire time he talked, I've watched everything it is. So that that's my shout out writing on games. He's just, dude, he's, he's criminally small when it comes to YouTube space. That, and that's he a, is yeah. phenomenal. That's what's so sad to see uh, is when you, you do see those creators who who really have the knowledge and the heart and and put it in. And they just, to your point, they get no traction. I and don't yet, know if it's yet. SEO or what. I, I, maybe writing on games is not a good name. I think it's a perfect name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Angry Centaur Gaming is not a good name. <laughs> That's a role playing. It was a D&D name. I didn't know it was right. going to be a YouTube channel in that way. So, right. Yeah, right. he did. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know what happens. It's yeah. just YouTube, man. It yeah. is. I, I. It's funny when I was talking to. I. I did one of these with Jez like several months ago, right? And, and he just pointed out the most simple statement, which is is so true. Yet you know, it's just so simple. Is that Google, between their search engine and between YouTube, they pretty much control whether your site or channel lives or dies. Um. I mean, Thank it's you. just that's the nature of it, and it's mm -hmm. kind of scary to think about, right? Like for me because season gaming is kind of this thing I do as a passion project, right. And the channel and everything. And I have this separate career over here. Um, if season gaming were to die tomorrow, I obviously I'd be, you know, kind of heartbroken if you will, but it doesn't affect me financially or, or personally. Whereas, you know, people who make their living off of it, it's just, it's, it's gotta be wild to think that one little algorithm change, one little SEO change and, and your, your revenue is cut by 40%. It's like, you know, that's just, crazy to to live in a world where that could happen today because it's it's very non-traditional right it's it's got no relation to how careers have worked forever i think the only correlation i've ever made um i was actually i believe i was on co-optional on um, my second or third time with total biscuit where i was like the only way i could describe a connection is when a tv show would move to a different night and it would bomb mm. and that's the only correlation i can really say is in any way like where you can talk about it and say it's sort of like this, where a good thing moves and its demographic is no longer represented there. It's not. Yeah. And you, and the show may be doing really well, but they move it for whatever reason. Maybe they have a new show and suddenly it's not there. That's, that is SEO, man. SEO yeah. just decides it's not there. And the thing that sucks is right now there's AI. AI does SEO. Then there's AI bots to fight SEO. Then there's, you know, there's some very good plugins you can get that'll tell you what SEO might work, but what they're not realizing is that like for a review, I'm doing that prior to the review coming out. The moment the review comes out, the SEO completely changes uh -huh. to something else. For example, if there's bugs in a game, but I don't have bugs written in my SEO tags and the bug videos go higher. It's just all this weird stuff. And then if you don't have a, a website, I just started mine because websites are pretty important too. If you don't have a website, that makes it harder. Mm -hmm. um, I have a very good discord and a very good Patreon. So I was, yeah, they demonetized, YouTube demonetized me and I was in dire straits. And so I did one video and I woke up and I was like, should I do this video? And I'm very like antagonistic about that stuff. And I just sat there in bed and I was like, listen, man, I haven't, I haven't ever asked anybody for anything. I'm going to do this video and just say, if patron doesn't work out, I probably can't do this because YouTube is not working out. 
And yeah. so my patron ballooned because of that. And if I had not, that also would have meant I probably wouldn't be here. So what I tell people is to try to switch everywhere. So Twitch, try Twitch. YouTube, try YouTube. Hey, if you want to do TikTok, try that. If you want to do Instagram, try that. Try them all. You may catch on in a place you didn't think you'd catch on. But you have to, that's sort of shooting the gap now. Isn't shooting the gap just on YouTube. You have to pretty much make it so that when something happens and the algorithm looks at like Weird West, it sees ACG's dropped a website review. ACG's done this. There's an Instagram post and those social signals, as they call it, yeah. instead of people watching, which is weird. It like, is. It is. It's, it's backwards, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. It's uh, and it's exhausting to think about. Right. Yeah. It's like it's it's there's no so there's no solution. It's not. a. I mean, at the end of the day, it probably is a mathematical equation. But you know what I mean? It's not a one plus one equals two type thing. It's it's just ever evolving and changing. And it's almost impossible to keep up with. It just. And YouTube yeah. destroys a lot of things too. Like YouTube used to have you able to do annotations in the video, which mm -hmm. was phenomenal. So yep. if a if a new video popped up where I ch had to change a review, I could be like, boom, annotation in the old yeah. video, moving to the new video, you're, you're set, you're done. You can't even do the basic stuff you used to be able to do. Their editor is terrible, and I get it. They don't want people editing, fully editing videos. In the, that makes full sense. Do you know how much CPU power that is? It's ridiculous. <laughs> but you get in there and you try to like nip out something you said that sounds stupid or that didn't work out or that was wrong even. And you're like, yeah. I don't want to re-upload everything, so I'm gonna, you know, try to figure yeah. this out. They have ruined so. M it's been they're wildly anti-creator. It is so weird. Like they did the thing. They're like, no thumbs down, man. We don't want people feeling bad. And yeah. I'm like, bitch. If that were true, then when I logged into my dashboard, it wouldn't tell me this video is performing poorly. Right. It flashes <laughs> in front of you that it's performing. So if it you're does. trying to, it does. It's a, it's so. They're such liars, and they are. They're, I mean, admittedly, they're a business. They can lie. That is the sure. way it is. They are complete liars. But they will tell you something is done when you really know big industry didn't want their new trailer getting review bombed. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And so they didn't want those social signals. They didn't want me able to hire a bot either, which makes perfect sense to thumbs down the new Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. So they remove that, but they, that's one problem with a lie. You should just say we're doing it because we don't want review bombing or whatever, and then just be done. But instead they were like, we want people to feel better about themselves. And then they splash that. And you're like, all right, you just got caught. <laughs> you know, sometimes the best way is to just be like, we made some changes, peace out and just walk yeah. away, drop the mic because otherwise <laughs> you're going to sound like a jackass. Yeah. It, it, it's, you're you're right, and and the funny thing you just said, right, is we're talking about YouTube, as we said, which is like hundreds of millions of hours of video footage uploaded every single every day, right? Single day, like their server farms, right, and and their their Google's cloud architecture and everything that goes into supporting Google Search and Engine and uh, uh, YouTube and all these things is absurd, right? But what we're saying is is that of all these hundreds of millions of creators and videos and and everything, really at the heart of the day, Google's doesn't do a good job of supporting them. Which is kind of a bizarre statement to make, right? The two seem at odds with one another. Yeah, and they remove, like I said, it's the removal features that all, has always seemed weird, like the verified thumb. They they tried. Yeah. They I was one of the first to get removed. Yong Yi was nice enough to do. He um, DM'd me. He's like, dude, you got your green check mark removed. And I was like, yeah, man. And I said, you know, some review companies have told me. Some PR companies have said we do look for that. And so he did a video, a couple people did a video, and they reversed that. One of the few things YouTube has reversed.
But on the other side, YouTube has removed so many tools for new creators, so many different, like I said, the annotations, all this stuff. You can get some of it back with some, some, there's some software you can buy. It has to see your YouTube channel, but they're, they're legit companies that'll tell you some stuff, help you with thumbnails, help you with AB testing, but YouTube doesn't. And that's, what's just so phenomenally weird about YouTube is that it's almost like I, it, it's just weird. It's just, it's just weird. It doesn't. And I, I'm not even talking about the SEO. I'm talking about that. We know that I'm saying behind the scenes, those changes they've made, yeah, yeah, made yeah. It harder. Um, it is just really odd to me. And yeah. I don't think there'll ever be a switch. That's why I tell people, like I said, check everything. If you want to do, I check Instagram, try to put, try to make an Instagram account. If you're trying to do videos on YouTube, you still need to share it other places because that can actually have an impact. Especially like when you look at Facebook being bought by, or Instagram being bought by Facebook, yeah. it only makes sense to that you want to make sure your stuff's there because that's two major groups. You may hit big on Facebook, you may hit big on Instagram, one's for old people, one's for younger, um, but you need to you need to be there. Yeah, yeah, it's wild nowadays, man, it is. What's that so, big, is that a plushy controller behind you? Yeah, man. That's pretty this my, sweet. This is my Xbox One uh, ID at Xbox controller. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, dude. I uh, I just so, realized I thought it was a sign the entire time. I <laughs> no, it's a pillow. It's um. So when I went to E3 in 2018, which was my first E3, um, I had some interviews because we were super small, right? So I couldn't mm -hmm. have any of the big companies or anything. But they had an ID at Xbox kind of floor in the Xbox uh, area. And there were mm -hmm. all these uh, ID at Xbox companies. Uh, groups or, or small developers that were talking about their games tunic was there below was there etc oh. etc et and, and i did some interviews with those guys talked to a bunch of people and then i met um one of the idea at xbox guys not charla but one of the people and he basically said you can have a skateboard deck remember they do those idea at xbox skateboard decks every yeah. year they do mm -hmm. one so you could have that or you can have the idea controller pillow and i i almost regret it i kind of want the skateboard deck now but the funny thing is I didn't have anywhere to put it because you're walking around the damn convention center all day, right? Yeah. With your pillow. Right. So I have this thing like in my backpack under my arm and stuff. And I had so many people, even people that work at Xbox, come up and say, How did you get that? I've never been able to get one of those. Oh, so cool. uh it's pretty funny. So you, it's just you got the collectible that you didn't know was going to be a collectible. <laughs> exactly. So now I just kind of have it sitting around the room. It's cool. Did you like uh what did you think about E3? Were you did you I mean ignoring the interview part or we can talk sure. about that too but did you did you like your time at e3 did you i did i did i i really enjoyed it because it it, it it's a spectacle first of all right it, yeah. it's just crazy but it, it's something that i always read about since i was a kid right it's like going right. to e3 was yeah. like the dream you know what i mean yep. so just getting to walk around the convention center you know the guy that i was traveling with bird who i used to run the channel with he he was a little less on it but i was like dude we're we're hanging out there's video games everywhere we're meeting yeah. a bunch of good people like I'm drinking, I'm having food. Like what's not to love, man? I loved it. Yeah, I had what, a good what, time. I did GDCs and I've had, um, I, I probably would never do uh, E3 just because of the way it's set up and nothing against it. But PAXs, I've really, they were fun. I always got sick. I got PAX pox every time. <laughs> it and is a mess. Yeah, It's a that. mess. It's a sickening miasma. It is just nothing more than a bacteria <laughs> generator. Right. I don't get sick ever ever like i haven't been sick in years and i went with my friend uh cadiz he runs he, he was on the channel with me we yeah. went i came home and admittedly it was the best sleep i'd ever had in my in probably 20 years 
I mean, it was that good sleep, restorative, which I just don't <laughs> right. usually feel. Right. But it was two weeks of it. I mean, it was mono. It was, I was I mean, never, and I didn't get like super bad cold or anything like that. Right. I was just, my body was like, what the fuck? Karate chop, all the <laughs> shit coming in. I was so messed up. So we waited like two years and we're like, dude, PAX Prime yeah. in the West, should we go? And I'm like, you know what? It's nearby. It's like eight hour drive. I'm like, let's go up there. Let's just enjoy it. We go up and we felt awesome and we got done early and we were like, let's drive home uh, a day early yeah. and uh, and just hang out. And thank God we did because the next day I was so sick. There's no chance. There's Man. zero chance. I mean, and I'm not saying this is not hyperbole. It was, it was, it sounds a little bit like COVID in my symptoms it was it was the most exhausting time I've ever had. I mean, and I'm not one of those guys that gets tired around people. And I, I am sort of a extrovert, so I don't have issues with that. It wasn't like psychologically tired. It was yeah. that my body was like, holy shit, this is school ground bacteria. The kind that kids <laughs> where they're just throwing snot at each other, yeah. and up, yeah, yeah. eating it. And you're like, oh, Jesus, they're out there eating dirt. And you're like, we're all going to die. That's what was at PAX Prime. It was. And dude, I was talking to people. And I'm like, were you sick? They weren't DMing me back. It took a week before they were like, Simon, I can, I can barely, reach, I can barely reach my keyboard. I had to get a cane. And I'm like, it fucked up your hip? What? Yeah, it was it was, it was, was messy. So you didn't get sick at your E3? No. Continue talking. I, I'm just going to grab something. No, you're good, man. And I don't know how because I, I used to be almost the opposite. I would get sick like every six months, like decently sick every six months. But uh, no, it was exhausting. I can tell you that, especially if you're at, if, at these shows to – have cover it right like yeah trying to do interviews and get footage and then work on it upload it that night like there's a hilarious oh. picture of me and bert like in our hotel room at, it's like four in the morning <laughs> and we're both hunched over laptops just looking like you know we've been beaten like, on for days yeah <laughs> like the burrito ate you it's just wrapped up and you're like oh fuck. yeah, yeah it, it, it's funny because that also happens in reviews well i don't this doesn't happen too much because i i Sorry, I'm clipping my fingernails. I'm trying to learn the guitar, and I was trying to decide the difference between plucking and finger strumming. And then I okay. looked at him, and I was like, "This is nasty." I'm very much an overshare. I just, we when you teach martial arts, you get used to somebody being like, "Dude, you stink," or "You didn't clip your fingernails. <laughs> yeah. You just cut me." So I just say this shit. But uh, so when it comes to like going to those events, doing the work afterwards, that was tough. I have noticed sometimes in reviews it can get tough when. Like you'll get two big reviews or you'll get a game that for whatever reason, like you're, you've got an idea of what you want to say about it. You're getting ready to say something. And then the PR people, and this has happened a couple of times now, they move the embargo a day early. Mm. And this has happened in the last year, like six or seven times where I'm like, all right, man, I know my exact schedule. And they're all, yeah, because of the blah, blah, blah. We're going to move this to Tuesday instead of Wednesday. And you're like, no, because <laughs> you want to be on time. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, if you miss that launch, it's it's a huge it can be hit. rough. Yeah, it can be huge. Hit. It can, yeah, yeah. It can be rough. Sometimes if you don't, your best bet is to hit it like on the day the game comes out. So like if you it, it, and this is a good advice for somebody who's going to try to do this. If you're a, if you have a two day early embargo and you're go not going to make it, but the game is coming out, then hit it like three or four hours before the game comes out. And you could that it, it probably won't be the same, but there's actually a very high chance you'll do well because people will also be looking online for new data and your, your video might come up. Yeah. They've got that excitement about it getting ready to launch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So let me ask you this. I, I haven't asked you this. What, what is your, 
Favorite game of all time? I mean, it used to be KOTOR. Okay. I've probably played, Kot- I've played KOTOR well over 100 times. Really? Um, that much? Wow. Dude, I would. I played KOTOR three times in a row with no delay. As in, <laughs> I beat it, and I literally hit start and started a new character. Um, Such a great game. When I like a game and I like choice and I just like the music and all that stuff, it, yeah. it you know, I can play it again. Um, Space Harrier from Sega is pretty fucking sweet. I'm definitely old style when it comes to that afterburner. The older yeah, ones, man. Ghouls and Ghosts is pretty good. I would say you can tell I probably don't have one because I, I rarely do top 10 lists sure. that are solidified. I'll do here's 10 games to look forward to, but yeah. I don't believe there's a best RPG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So when it comes to games, I would just say that those high ones are like some of the old style ones. And then, of course, uh, KOTOR and then like uh, Disco Elysium is really high. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Oxenfree is very high. Oxenfree is. Oxenfree is a phenomenal game. I mean, it's it, like that game is is stunning. And. Uh, that's probably it. It's funny you mentioned disco because I was getting some disco vibes of Weird West. Um, yeah, I saw I saw some people saying the same thing. I didn't because they cut the because the narrative is so short in, it is. in Weird West, which is a positive, right? Because yeah. they have a tendency to ramble in disco. <laughs> they do, right? Yeah. They'll be like, and then the sharks <laughs> came out, but they weren't sharks; they were spirits. And you're like. What's happening? What's <laughs> happening? It's like jumping into somebody's D and D game where everybody knows the lore and you don't, and they're like, "Right, no, dude, that's not a dragon. That's Tiamat." And you're like, "Listen, nerd, <laughs> this is my. What are you talking about, dude? Disco Elysium. I had to play twice because the first time, a lot of the thought process and stuff were just yeah. not, you know, because a lot of it was like communist. There was the communism stuff. There was fascism stuff, which is great. I love to learn that stuff, but it's like I couldn't grasp all of it in one go. I was just yeah. like, "There's a lot in this game." But Weird West had some of that, but um, yeah, it had some. I don't know. I could see. I think it's because they both also chose a weird art style. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a much more filtered experience in that vein than uh, than that. But uh, that's funny you mentioned it. Uh, we're talking about old games, man. You mentioned Afterburner. And uh, what yeah. was it? Was it the Sega podcast? Maybe it was the Sega roundtable that me and you were on together. Because I know uh, I'm an old school Sega guy. Cog is, you know, a bunch of guys over there uh, are old Sega guys, man. And And we have this kind of, old school uh camaraderie and brotherhood when it comes to sega That's well sega sure. was the down and out and i think that everybody like who had one felt like the you know unique special kid on the block because yeah. sega had a couple good gens they just weren't spectacular gens yeah, but like yeah, the yeah. genesis was awesome i was a master system fan so i was I a master that. system kid yep i remember yeah. finding the little snail game on the system if you yep. turned it on without a game and just all that kind and that to me was phenomenal or the sega cd had the spaceship that would fly around and put a music cd in mm-hmm. and it would just play music yep. as like a really crappy spectrograph kind of thing yeah <laughs> i definitely i mean sega I, I i like i like all the systems to an extent but sega at the time just had something in some of their games that spoke to me in a way that Nintendo didn't. I don't, it might've been because I, I'm not a huge uh, JRPG fan. I like okay. some, but they don't, they, if, and I, I can see where if you did gravitate towards those, even action games were trying to have that, you know, bits of that because those were popular and those sort of sank on Nintendo's side. And so I didn't, I had them, but I never really grasped onto them. But Sega Genesis was like, yeah, dude. 
Like mm. every game on that felt it wasn't good, but it feels like every game on the system was good. <laughs> you know, nostalgia can be a hell of a drug. Of course, yeah, man. Amazing times. Some of my favorite times in gaming, especially yeah. the sixteen bit era, man. God. Um that's hilarious though. But what what's uh what's next for you, man? Are you uh you know, as you as you look out and we've we've talked a lot around what content creation is like nowadays and YouTube and everything, you know, as you kind of look out, do you do you have this you said earlier you don't really think about this kind of long-term plan, but is there anything you're kind of driving towards or wanting to achieve with your channel and content I, in the coming years? I guess in the way I should say, I didn't think about the long-term plan when I started. I okay. do now when I started to look at, like I said, shooting the gaps and stuff. Um, yeah. But is there anything? No, because like as games get more detailed or whatever, I like to cover that kind of stuff. So there'll be that. There'll be like the anti-NFT battle that we all have <laughs> yes. to fight. Yes. Um, I... Uh, Yeah, I don't I don't even it's weird because it really depends on where games go. Because mm. like if there let's say there's a huge MMO like Ark came. Ark was pretty crazy. Ark is phenomenal, by the way. And I don't I don't even play those games. I don't even like that game, but I know it's phenomenal. I don't need to be <laughs> a fan to go that game is is utterly phenomenal. And right. we know I know how it was created, that it was an old game from somewhere else. That's why it's got all the content. It doesn't matter. That's changed. And it's raised the bar for, for current MMOs. And that's what I don't think people realize is people see like a Legend of Zelda and they're like, well, every game now needs to have lightning that's conduct or that uh, armor that's conductive and you need to have to take it off. And I'm like, that's nah, not exactly how it works. There's other more overarching things and successes that come about. And I think that Lost Ark is going to push like MMOs to do stuff that currently MMOs are known as early access, but not called early access, but they are. Right. They're, I call them shit access. I hate early access. I'm sorry. I know people like it, but I think early access is a, a quagmire of bad PR, terrible coverage. You can't cover it and say, this is the way it'll be because it may not be that way. Right. Entire things may change. So Lost Ark's come in and it's really redefined a bunch of stuff. Elden Ring. I don't think is redefined as much as people think because I think everybody felt that that's sort of where they were going to go. But other companies look at that stuff and go, okay, we, this sounds like a good idea. Maybe maybe we'll make our combat a little bit harder, but not super hard. Just like From Software's looked at every other game and said, maybe our combat or maybe we need an overworld. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think a lot of people think that like From Software is a bunch of guys with bullet helmets on running forward through gaming, being like, we lead, you follow. No, <laughs> they look at other games too. Of and course. that's why we now have Elden Ring, which is what should happen. So like Lost Ark comes in and it does this weird shit. I can't wait to see like what MMOs are going to do to say, man, we need content. And we, it has to be good because it's not like it's all procedurally generated. These guys, and they, they have microtransactions, but the reason why you're not hearing about a bunch of it is because like Reg on our channel has 120 hours in that game and all he bought was the founders, the the game. He basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he paid the 45 bucks so he could play that week early. That was it. He's got, dude, people are cramping in like a thousand hours now. And you're just yeah. like, already? So that's raised the game. We're going to see, you know, whatever's coming out from Sony and Microsoft. They're, they're raising the bar. My channel will change on those things. So, like, if it's online, then I have to look at streaming and go, what technologies, where do they need to be so that I can review it and say it's good versus bad, leg yeah. versus no leg, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't I don't have a plan in any other way than to just keep my ear to the ground and go like, oh, this is this is happening, that's happening. I do think we need a competitor in YouTube space, but it'll never happen. Yes. Oh, no. um, 
it, it just and if it does happen it's going to be one of those things like discord where it won't just be like vi like it won't just be video there's discord succeeded because it had all these other things and then it started putting more and more in and stuff like that discord's mm -hmm. a good a true success story but i just don't see youtube doing it yeah I, I don't see anybody looking and saying let's upload you know what do they have exo exobytes right i think that's the the larger of the that's larger than terabytes yeah i mean i'm sure they have exobytes worth of data it's yeah. like does anybody else really want to try that on do they what are they gonna we've seen some small ones come on you know but they've never done great no no i mean who's going to compete in that space and it doubled down like we said with google owning the search engine as well you know what i mean it's like they have they've got a monopoly on that dude i don't even know what we're gonna do like i mean <laughs> like that's what's weird is what and then you get these channels who do like an ign who has you know state channels and other places like italy ign all that stuff yeah yeah, so yeah it's like how do you compete against that as they get bigger there's more money then those corporations can like yeah it's weird and the yeah. seo becomes this thing which is an impenetrable sort of beast unless yeah. you break it by doing what i consider to be things that i won't do as in like drama stuff or what yeah. you could pro or you could probably do that but then youtube who knows where their rules are going that's another thing i drop cuss words in a lot of my videos as ai gets better at identifying what somebody's saying you mm -hmm. know is yeah. is youtube just going to be anti-censor where they're just like okay we'll cut out the peter north joke it'll just be some elevator music playing when Carrick talks like i have yeah. no clue what's happening it's yeah it sucks it's kind of scary the the level of power there right it's mm. oh well it's not even i mean is it power when there's no comparison to anybody else or is that <laughs> just uh, it's not even a power like it, it there isn't a power meter it's not like you're fighting super saiyan you're going in and there it's the world yeah versus everybody else. i mean there is no power meter for them because they control the search engine as well yeah so it's just like there's no that i mean russia split off their internet i don't know if you heard but like years and years ago you know vladimir prior to all this was like hey let's split off our internet we don't want it controlled and you know we want to be able to shut it off and stop you know fake news all this kind of stuff and that would almost be the only way a google competitor would be like a duck duck go which doesn't do the supposedly they don't track Right. Like maybe they could do a thing where they're like, this is true video. You know what though? DuckDuckGo does do that, don't they? So if I go to DuckDuckGo and I search a review, yep. that would be a place where it's not taking in. It's still doing SEO. Is it doing SEO? Yeah, it's still doing it's SEO. It's going to have to do it, SEO. Yeah. 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 It just won't factor into the same algorithm. Uh, maybe that Google uses. Yeah. It's. It's a mess. It's a mess. It it's a much bigger conversation than us. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but man, it's been uh man, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you today, man. Yeah, I, for uh, sure. I, oh, like is I that said, it? Did we already go an hour? Yeah, we're at uh we're at an hour seventeen as we're talking. All right, cool. cool, cool. You got a topic you want to bring up? Yeah, let me bring up a topic. Yeah, go for it. Do you read, watch movies, TV shows? I don't read a lot. The only thing I really read are kind of online articles or magazines. I don't do, I don't read a lot of books. Uh, lot of I do books. watch TV shows, movies, me and my wife. My wife's not a gamer. So a lot of the content I consume yeah. outside of gaming is, is TVs and movies that we watch together. You know what I mean? Right. Why? I was just going to say, what's your favorite? So yes, I'm a YouTuber, but like I have so many things I do outside of YouTube. Yeah. You know, draw, write, study, teach. 
Yeah. What's your big thing outside of YouTube? I mean, not outside your job. Of, uh, can't be your job. Can't be your job. Sure, sure, sure. No. Uh, outside of gaming? Um, got a couple things. So you, you talked about martial arts. Um, so I, I am into fitness, working out, uh, and I play ice hockey. So oh. uh, big, uh, big love hockey. Been doing that my whole life. Uh, I just got back on the ice because I broke my ribs for the second time uh, in January, which happens, you know. And uh, But uh, yeah, man, do that. And then my other passion, actually, I talk about rarely is cars. I'm into cars. So are we I, talking I, classic Dodge Dart 1970 swingers? Or are we talking current cars? A uh, little little mix. So uh, my dad was a car collector and a race car driver. Mm. Um, and so I grew up at the track. I grew up around a lot of cars, mostly European because my dad's English. My family's mm-hmm. English. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. So mostly, you know, German stuff, that type of stuff. So I grew up around all that. So I've been, uh, I actually admined a uh, M3, BMW M3 form for a while. And um, I have a couple M3s and uh, I don't really race anymore, but I still kind of love it, if that makes sense. Our racetrack here uh, opens up for the, you know, insurance day where you pay insurance and you can take your car out on yeah. it. Yeah. Those are a blast. Those yeah, are a blast. man. I mean, yeah. they're a blast unless somebody crashes, but they're, they're a blast <laughs> to see those kind of things. Yeah, I'm always interested because I do feel that those have a tendency sometimes to leak over into what you create, you know, uh-huh. sometimes, you know, whether it's because you know specific ways in which cars are built, so you might know what goes into some other product or whatever. So I'm always interested but, in knowing. It's funny because that came out recently with Gran Turismo 7. Oh, um, right. Yeah. So I started True. writing an article about it, right? And, and obviously all the press has been around the damn microtransactions and, and earning. And I, I'm literally, I have the article half written. I haven't published it. I'm waiting for their update in early April. But really, it's going to be like an honest look at Gran Turismo from a perspective of someone who knows cars and has raced, right? And and what this is for that community. Because yeah. that's, what, that's what Gran Turismo is supposed to be about, right? Yeah. It's not really interested. And sure, there's some problems with content delivery and other stuff that I'm going to talk about. But I wanted to look at it from a perspective of this car is aimed at being a a love affair for the automobile, right? For cars. They make that exceedingly clear in that game. Yeah. yeah. So if you're coming from that perspective and you have that shared love, what is the game like then? And it's, it is, it's a different perspective. Yeah. And I I definitely, I think it's a needed one, especially because microtransactions do suck, but they're, they do, they absolutely do. But there is, there is a time where somebody says, all right, I know that part. Yeah. What about the other? And that's one of the reasons why, like, when I put my review, I was like, okay, because I, I, I did a review in progress on that one. And I'm like, okay, microtransactions are really high. I'm going to do a, re- I'm going to finish a review when I'm finished playing it. And then it was offline when I was trying to play it, when I had open time, I couldn't get on. But even in my review, that's another thing I talked about was that it is. You can tell that game starts with that long ass elevator music and car <laughs> video and yep. you're just if unless you know what they're doing you're going to be like what is this game it's like but eight minutes long <laughs> dude it's the start i was just like what and then you go into the cafe and you're like cafe here's yeah. your menu with your cars it's you can't that's so pinky fucking up it's bent backwards like that's yeah. crazy it's about but as pretentious it, as you can be it about the is car. as pretentious yeah. i mean and we want the cars to be the real price so we have to figure that out but yeah. all that being said um, what I actually, I actually enjoyed a lot of the racing. Like I enjoy, I thought the AI did a pretty good job. It's not the new AI they've talked about. I think everybody thought all that was going to be like injected into the game. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, it's its own thing, man. It's its own. I mean, any game that makes you pass licenses to continue playing through the single player campaign is a game that is not <laughs> dramatically not the same as any other game. And people yeah. knew that. We I saw people posting about that years ago when the game was first announced. They're like, oh, God, licenses. It's like, yeah. well, that's their thing. That's that is their thing. And I think I think it does a lot of stuff really, really well. But it's pretty dry, man. It is. It's, it's like it Flight is. Sim. I love Flight Sim. But if I told somebody, hey, man, we're going to get into a plane, climb to 40,000 feet and do nothing for three hours and then land. A lot of people would be like, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm not doing that in a game. All right. but, but the people who are into those things think that flipping a switch and calling and slightly changing your course is the, the shit, right? Exactly. I have a friend who's into train simulators and I'm like, dude. It's forward and stop. That's it. You barely back up. What are we doing? And he's like got, you know, a thousand dollars worth of trains. And he's like, I love it. You know, it feels perfect. When you slow down, I'm like, feels perfect. What does it feel like? It takes like 16 hours for you to stop. Why are you? But to him that, and, and admittedly, he thinks it match perfect. I don't know that many people who are able to just get behind the, you know, the rods of a train and start, you know, being a pilot for one, but it's still yeah. very cool to see. It's, yeah. I think it's awesome that we have it too. Like I would never behoove yeah. GT being what it is, yeah. Because that's what it is. It's not grid. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, and that it's not supposed to be. A lot right. of people get pissy and they'll be like, "Well, it doesn't have this or doesn't have that." And I'm like, "Dude, I don't think that was the. I mean, do you think the plan was for the car to have a turbo boost and go on fire and for a second? No, it's GT. <laughs> that's it's, yeah. They're not aiming for that. It goes back exactly to what we say when you're when you're kind of uh, providing a critical look at a game, right? You have to have perspective of what the developer is looking to achieve, right? Like, yeah. And I think we're in we're in we're fortunately in a place. There was a time when we were growing up, and you can want to go way back to something like Pole Position or those games where there was there was a racing game. That's the racing game you played, and then Outrun yep. came out, right? And Outrun was like the new the new hot thing. Nowadays, we're fortunate enough to be in an industry where if you want your arcade racing like grid or something like you've got it. Uh, but that's not what Gran Turismo is supposed to be. So don't you know what you else blew me away? You just reminded me of something. You, it's not it. my favorite game, but it's I got to shout this out, even though it's, it started bad. When I was a kid, No Man's Sky is what I wanted. Yeah, it is currently yeah. what I wanted. I'm not saying it was day one, but it still day one was beyond any of my wildest dreams as a child hoping for a space game. I remember sitting with Cadiz because he knows me, and we we remember the conversations we had. We're like, imagine if you can get in a spaceship and land. Oh, my God, what if you could land on space stations? No way, that's not possible. Because back then, graphics engines couldn't even let you get out of the car. You had yeah. a racing game and a running game because graphics engines couldn't do both. And the idea of No Man's Sky is everything as a child. I've always been into space fighter stuff. Big, mm -hmm. Huge fan of old 1980s, like space fight, you know, Did like, you like Last Wing Commander? Wing, Com Wing, Wing Commander. Last Starfighter is more my thing. But okay. any right. of those, I, I'll watch. I'll, I'll for sure watch once. I'll give it a chance. Battlestar Galactica. I love the space stuff. Yeah. No Man's Sky, above almost any other game that I can think of right now, is probably the most technically awe-inspiring game ever. Because and as pure tech, looking at what they've done and now multiplayer's in, and the fact that multiplayer was certainly not in day one, whatever they were saying, whatever yeah. was going on. <laughs> but the idea that you can get together, mechs, underwater cities, 
if you take a step back and like you said, ignore the microtransactions in a way you have to ignore no man. We know it started like shit. We do. Yeah. And you can hold that like a dwarf and a book of woe and write down that you hate them forever. <laughs> That's fine. But if you, if you take a step back and look at no man's sky, I played elite when I was a kid, wireframe graphics, Apple two uh -huh. E yep. and you couldn't do any, you'd go to a planet and you'd just be like, okay, you'd read some numbers and be like next planet. And now we're landing, digging underground, building things that stay there forever for a different yeah. group of people to maybe see, because sometimes people don't even go to the same planets ever. Yeah. It's Phenomenal. Nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. Good time what was to that? be alive. Well, what was that game on? Speaking of space, the, the game I always remember, I don't know if you remember this one. It was on PC at the time. It later came to Xbox as a port. But it was a, a space game where you could go to other planets and and mine them and kind of drive your Star little ship around. Star Control one, two, and three. Starflight one and two. Starflight two was Star also Flight. Sega Genesis. Um, but you, it was third person when you landed. You landed on the planet with yes. like, like a little truck that drove around. Yes. and you could dig and dive. That's yeah, it. that's Star. That's uh, Starflight. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one that had the? Do you remember it had a wheel? Uh, a little code wheel that came with it that you oh had to you mean put in. for the pe for the uh, to to hack the so you knew you weren't you weren't uh, exactly um, yeah, pi yeah. Uh, piracy yeah. yeah yeah dude those I mean that and that's the thing like even those were ahead of their time but they they had to mimic the two D screen as a two D planet because they couldn't do both yeah. engines and then you saw exactly. GTA I still remember like the first time you saw GTA you get out of a car and yeah. you beat somebody with a bat and you get back in your car and you're like oh we're there. <laughs> or, or at least you're like, we're close. And now yeah. we're seeing stuff that is just, that's why I'm so excited for gaming. I can be mad at a game. I can be mad at something that happens with YouTube. But then afterwards, I'm like, if I want, I can jump into No Man's Sky, a game that I don't have to pay a subscription for. Even if I did, I'd be fine. But yeah. I can jump into that. I can go to other worlds and have entire bulletin boards that people are on, entire forums that people are on. Compl did you see the stuff for Elite uh, Elite Dangerous? Where Elite like Dangerous. They have a gas station club. So if you run out of gas, you can like ask somebody to come and tow you. And I'm like, in real, what the f is happening? Like that's, that is meta. That is, that is so meta. And the other game, what's the Eve? Eve, Eve online. Yeah. Eve, shit to play. Amazing to read about. Eve yeah. is one of those games that is a spreadsheet. And you're like, dude, the making of that spreadsheet, I don't care. The stories afterwards, where they'll be like, the Terran Armada was at 5,000 battles. And you see the battle at one yeah. FPS because yeah. they can't draw all the ships. <laughs> but then somebody will tell you that, like, on forums, people were spies. People went over here and did this. Yeah. And just reading it going like, that is fucking nuts. It's and wild. It's, it's yeah. dude, that's why gaming should be exciting for everybody. Regardless of any speed bumps, that kind of stuff exists now and i usually tell people if you're having a hard day jump into that stuff and remind yourself of like just what you're playing because yeah. it can be pretty phenomenal to be yeah. doing that it's phenomenal to play gt when remember old race car games couldn't have the licensed cars and you'd yeah. be playing a game where it's called like an ord esta instead of a ford fiesta you'd be like <laughs> Come on, well, it's guys. Kind of, it's kind of like outrun it's uh, the ferrari testarossa right but they can Yo, never say they can forgot yeah. yeah, they could never say that. You know, yeah, everyone they, knew what it was. But Suzuki instead of Suzuki. And you'd be like, <laughs> dude, we know what this is. And remember when car companies were like, we don't want you crashing our cars. Yes. And yeah. you're just, dude, it's a game. And they thought it was real. They were like, eh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome yeah. time. Sorry, that was a tangent. But it's. No, no. But it, it is interesting time. to think. 
Yeah, when we were kids and you play these games and you could beat games in 30 minutes, right? Or 60 minutes, whatever, yeah. right? And you just play them over and over and over again. And you had all these imaginations in your head or, or wildest dreams of what games could be. Could be. Yeah, and now we're at a place, as you just described, where literally you could play one game out of the hundreds of thousands that are currently being played or however many there are. You can play one game and literally almost dedicate a portion of your life to it, yeah. day in, day out, um, for months and years on end. Um, and it's just, it's wild, wild to think about. It really it's, is. It's exciting because like I was doing, I do VR and I was doing Fallout 4. I've got, I had about 200 hours normal and I have about 1500 hours in the VR version. Wow. Somebody asked me, they were like, why are you playing Fallout? First of all, I don't mind Fallout 4, but VR changes the entire way the game feels. It's a completely different game in VR. And one of the reasons is because it is immersive. It's like sure. looking out your window at rain. That's one thing. But if you go outside, you're going to get wet. And that's the yeah. different. That's what VR offers. And I I was just playing this game go and going in. Even the first town you go into, I think it's called it's in, not it, Providence, Independence. I can't remember. But it's the first town you go into in Fallout 4. I've, I've seen this town a thousand times. It means nothing. It's just storefronts. But if you go in in VR, every storefront is like, whoa, what? And you leap through a window. And you're like, oh, shit, stuff might be in here. Stuff your brain is like, doesn't see on a 2D plane. Mm. And and to me, VR is hugely awesome as well. It has its issues. But I've been seeing stuff in VR, dude. I don't know if you do VR much. There is stuff in VR that is slowly building its way up where it's like, Shit. Yeah. I play D&D in VR that is amazing because, v for example, VR chat lets you go into multiple um, rooms. People have made rooms that look like locations. And if you hot link them, basically, you can say, OK, every you can be a DM and say we there's a, been a murder and you send everybody to a house. And now you're walking around in VR in a house that's built up and you can say, see right there on, on the floor, there's a body there. And another person can be like, okay, I'm going to roll my dice. What do I see? And you can move around this spot and it's not perfect. But what I'm saying is that to me is the next space where mm. I'm starting to see VR do some stuff where you're like, oh shit, whether it be D and D, whether it be, um, uh, instant translate. Cause that's another thing I'm talking to you. I don't know where you live. Are you East coast? uh central i'm outside of kansas city all the people on my podcast are people that i would have had to have written a letter to when i was a kid and it would have taken yeah. two weeks and now they're sitting so in vr chat automatic google translate the ability for you to walk up to somebody and be like hello and in the future somebody will different language yeah will be able yeah, yeah. to hear a computer voice but the, you'll be able to talk to them that expansion of like people think ai is cool to me, communication between people of other nations and stuff where some, you know, now you can talk to somebody who's in Russia or whatever. You can talk. Uh, I have a girlfriend from Russia and from Ukraine. X, not two at the same time. That sounds <laughs> weird. Um, obviously, they're having issues right now, but I know those issues because I'm talking to people from there. Yeah. And when I was talking to Johnny and Reg, you need to come on the podcast too so you can meet these guys. But Johnny yeah, Reg and Silver, it's like Sweden, um, Aus Austria, and London. And then myself in in on the Pacific uh, Northwest, and to get to talk to them and go, well, I've always heard this mm -hmm. about you guys about in London. What's that like? You couldn't do that before. Yeah, and that's one step where VR also with the automatic translation. I I don't know if you saw it, but a guy used AI GPT three and automatic translation. He made a, a small city block, and he just put some people in there, 
and he could talk to him about anything. So he could walk mm. up to somebody and say, you know, what are you doing? And the guy's like, get out of my way. I got to go to work. My boss hates me. And he walks off all of it done via AI. No awesome. scripting, no nothing. Yeah, dude. That's see, as you can tell, I could talk about this for 10 hours. I get, <laughs> this is where I get excited is like yeah. even more than YouTube stuff is what the future can bring for gamers and some of the yeah. stuff we can see or differently abled gamers, you know, yeah. getting shit from Microsoft where they're like, dude, let's just make a controller. You can just construct the blocks. You yeah. can Lego your own. I mean, to me, that's exciting because I have a yeah. lot of friends who are military, whatever, sure. may not have full mobility of an arm and now... Uh, I don't, do you follow uh, Ginger Prime? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, work, working to game, I think is what he's called. No, I don't think so. Well, if you don't, he does profiles, joystick profiles. And a lot of the ones that come up are, can you make a joystick profile for a one hand Oh, game? okay. Can yeah. you, so shortcut would be your trigger, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah, can you do that? So all this stuff is stuff that just wasn't around, you know, even yeah. five, 10 years ago, let alone 20 when I started. Yeah, it's incredible. Sorry. Long, no, longer tangent. No, you touched on a lot there, man. And it, it you you touched on more of the gaming space in general and where it's going and being more kind of diverse and inclusive and all these things we hear about, but in a really unique and interesting way. And and AI in general. So I, I do play around in that space uh, as part of my career. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. So I, well, I you have, know more than I do then. Yeah, I have some understanding of voice recognition and where AI is going. I've played with Google, et cetera. So um, but it, it's funny as we were having that conversation, you know, we talked about, uh, the translation and possibility of interaction between that's been impossible, you know, for, yeah. for forever. Um, and it's all, it's all amazing. And it's, it's just kind of funny. It hit me as we were talking, we came back to who we came back to Google, uh, oh, after dude, the YouTube search engine and it's yeah, unfortunate, I mean, but I mean, and there's apps right now where you can put on your phone and go to France and yes. be like, blah, 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 and play it. And to me, that war is always going to happen and admittedly i'm a violent person so like i do say some stuff that people are like whoa he's pretty violent mm -hmm. i don't like war though that's just ridiculous i do think that sometimes miscommunication and stuff is what causes it the idea that oh this group over here must do this all americans must be this way right and the idea to talk to somebody i have a lot of long-haul truckers in my discord i'm not quite okay. sure if that's because the way i look and <laughs> i've got a lot of people from australia okay and to talk to them and find out, for example, their Christmas is summer. Yeah. And, and be like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, man, we just have a barbecue and some lobster. I'm like, on Christmas? What is happening? <laughs> I just hadn't put two and two together. But the idea to talk and experience other people and what they want to do and then what their ideas are for games, how yeah. gaming is where they live. Some people can't still even do Xbox. You'll hear people say, well, just do Game Pass. I always forget. Yeah. There are multiple nations that don't have yeah. Game Pass. Many that yeah. have don't even have Xbox in them. So it's just, it, I just think that's what's exciting to me is that people coming together and sort of going like, oh, I get. It. And then there's new ideas. Unreal. Somebody can grab Unreal for free and make a game right now in yeah. ten minutes. So that means if you and I came up with a game when you were a kid or when I was a kid, we'd be like, what if I could do this? Yeah, yeah. You can yep. do that, and that's there's something insanely empowering like empowering for gamers to be like yeah. they're not doing it for me i'm gonna make a game where i'm this i'm just gonna yeah. i'm just gonna go into unreal and make it so yeah that, that's what's so exciting about it and and we've seen this huge expansion of the gaming industry over the past few years now and it it's accelerating and i and, and even more exciting to me to, to double down on your point there, there are the access to create right it's greater yeah. than ever but ever. It's, it's it's not only that right it's the expansion of uh 
of location. So we're seeing mm-hmm. China, right, and South Korea yep. and all these all these cultures that we've learned about. Like I, I said this on a different show that we have this. Uh, many people in the gaming in, in the gaming space have a have a love for Japanese culture. A lot of that derived from growing up with Japanese games that showed us yeah. Japanese people and cities and yeah. and uh, nuances and all these things about Japanese people that we would have otherwise not known, right? Um, to a degree. And now we're going to get to see the Chinese view of that and the South yeah. Korean view of that and the Indian view of that and all these other, you know. And their mythologies. How many times have you seen exactly. a dragon and been like, I've seen that it's a European, dra- which by the way, I love, but I also yeah. love Asian lung, the the long serpentine dragons. Yes. But yes. now you look at like China, where I believe it's China that doesn't allow undead in their games. They no really? lie there. It's either China. Or, I don't think it's Japan because they've had Resident Evil and stuff. Biohazard. <laughs> sure. But yeah, there's something about undead completely. It can't be in a game. It's something about the spiritual. Isn't that weird? Like I, I remember it's hearing crazy. it from we had somebody on the podcast who was like, yeah, this place. And then, of course, you have an entire group. India, massive, yeah. multiple places where a lot of third party companies would hire them. And but now, though, they don't need Activision. Exactly. If, if they want to make a game, they can do that. And yeah. they can make a game with their mythology. They can make exactly. a game with their heroes or um, or like or mix them. And to me, that's pretty exciting because sometimes you do sort of I I don't get scared at Japanese games, for instance, because what they're putting on the screen never scares me. I usually laugh at it. So like somebody I'll see Pyramid Head and I'll be like, dude, he's got a pyramid on his fucking head. <laughs> What's scary about that? That's not scary. Um, But at Hindu, I don't know what stuff they have i don't know what other religions have i don't know what other um weird creatures baba yaga for russia like you know a a fucking house that runs around i think final (laughs) fantasy remake had that um that kind of stuff is like it's cool wouldn't it be amazing to be truly surprised one more time oh yeah yeah it's like the you know what what we see at last year that wukong game and everyone was blown away by that video it was like a 15 minute video yeah 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 black yeah we saw that where everyone was like holy shit what is this and it's like but see that's a new developer from china he's showing you things from their mythology and their culture that's what excites me so much about it like it's it's new and they're doing and dude dude that game by the way i know some people said all it is is like a resume i don't want to hold you over see you're the host and here i am talking it's fine man it's great conversation i mean i know i'm supposed to be talking but i'm saying i don't want to hold you the host but dude (laughs) that game has me so excited I saw some people say, oh, it's just a resume to get people where I don't care because people saw that. And if that company doesn't do it, somebody else is going to say monkey man needs to be in my game (laughs) ASAP. By the way, not sure if a lot of people know there there were an ape race in Bethesda games and you could actually get mods for I believe it was Oblivion to put one of them in in, and Mm. but they're not done a lot. And it's like, dude, that guy looks so cool. Like when I was watching that. It looked like a mixture of Ghost of Tsushima, you know, Dark Souls, and then a monkey and weird magic that I was just like, I have no clue what's happening, but it looks ex- it looks amazing. It's just yeah. like Kina. Kina came out and sort of Pacific Islander sort of, you know, mixed these different, like just sort of different nationalities all together, did yeah. their own thing, but still sort of understood Western audiences are going to want maybe autosaves or, you know, whatever we may yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to add all that together. Is, is it's dude it's awesome it's yeah i'm i've been playing around with unreal and i'm like the idea that i can do this now no arcane you know magic needed the ability to like end 30 minute youtube tutorials by the way that's the positive of youtube tutorials. yes 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Everyone goes to YouTube and solve anything it's, now. You can. Yeah. How many times you had a blue screen? You'd be like, I have an arcane blue screen with this code, blah, blah, blah. And if there's not a channel, there's some YouTuber who's like, if you have this and you're just like, are you kidding? <laughs> that's uploaded. Like the most arcane weird shit. And, yeah. it, and it's there. And that's that empowerment. It's probably dangerous as fuck now that I think about it. You know, if somebody wants to do something they're not supposed to do. Yeah. I don't think about it that way. There's a lot of curation that has to happen. Yeah. So I think are you... I'm Elon Musk of gaming, where I'm always like, we can do. And people are like, that's pretty dangerous. And I'm like, yeah, but let's do it and see what happens. Anyway, sorry. What were you going to say? Are you, um, are you looking to try and create a game? Are you just learning it to kind of broaden your perspective? Dude, I, I, as you can tell, even right now, I never sleep. I'm just always doing something. So no, it's more because I want to be able so I want to, if, if I'm doing the ascent, walking the walk, I want to sort of know, like, how do you handle this kind of issue? How do you handle, you know, issues with throughput on your graphics card where you still want to show this, but you can't show that. Let's check yeah. it out in Unreal. I like to do a lot of D&D &D and I do a lot of conceptual stuff. So like, sometimes I'll think of a place I want to show that I want to explain to players. I'll be like, oh, well, shit, man, I'll throw a mountain up. I'll be like, is that is that sort of like what I want to see? Sometimes I'll make a desktop picture where I'll just, just because I want a desktop picture. I'll be like, I'm going to draw something. I would love to create something, but no, man, there's people so talented. Dude, listen to John, Car John Carmack, whenever he talks, like yeah. if you think you're intelligent, <laughs> dude, I was listening to him one time talk about VR yeah. And it was like in the first five minutes, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like my, all my lobes were turning on, listening to this guy be like, well, technically the buffer comes across this. So if we change this, we can have the draw go in right at the end. And I'm like, How? Uh, no one, not no one would have thought of that, uh, obviously. And he's had some failures. Mega textures didn't really turn out to be what he wanted, but the idea was sound. And, yeah. um, that's fantastic, but it also reminds me I'm a, just a fucking blithering idiot. I talked to I talked to Victor about games, and I'm like, I think I know what I'm talking about. This is why I think a lot of reviewers should not just have them on their podcast, but just sort of cultivate a relationship with a couple devs. Yeah, to sort of be able to talk to them without the dev having to worry about it being recorded, because I've had conversations. Victor's very open, very open, but then sometimes you have a conversation where you'd be like how would you handle this? And it may not be something that's the publisher might not want them to say, you know, cause it might, it might sound bad or whatever. And I'm not saying Victor's done this, but other developers have told me stuff where they're like, well, if we're having this issue with like, let's say this kind of gamer where they're gaming this system, we might do this. We might even just move a box in front of that power up. So yeah. not everybody sees it. And I was like, that's the most fucking ingenious. <laughs> like no, no lie. One guy said this, he was like, they, they, they gray box. Do you know what gray boxing is? Nope. Gray boxing is when you like the idea of the structure of a level, but you don't want to texture it. So you great, you literally put gray boxes okay. so you can figure yeah. out how to jump and hide. He got past the gray box and he's like, man, everybody has this weapon. Everybody has this weapon and everybody goes to the center spot. And one, one of the game testers, cause that is something I've done. I did, a, I've worked on watchdogs and a couple other games for game okay. testing. And one of the game testers was like, dude, just put a rock in front of it. And he was like, what? And he's like, it's a rocky spot. Just raise the rock up on the axes a little bit and hide that power up. And then see if new playtesters are seeing it. Completely fixed it. He was like, they were trying everything too. They were like, oh my God, we want this weapon to be here. It feels good. Everything, But everybody's having this choke point. It's like, let's raise this, let's lower this. And one podunk, 
I'm not calling him a name. I'm just saying, you know, everybody assumes a tester is low or not, <laughs> but people and but some random dude, not John Carmack, you know, is just like, well, just yeah. put a fucking rock in front of it, and then people won't see it as easy. <laughs> and only people who will see it will run around. And then if they run around, they'll be stuck there. That was another thing. He was like, if yeah. you make the hall a tiny bit longer, you put it behind a rock. People who do go to it, other people who know that they're going to go to it, will hide and then capture them when they're trying to get to it. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> What? And it works. <laughs> I, and to me, that's what I love about games is all of that tit for tat to make whatever masterpiece we're playing. I was just going to say what you described there is like, you know, nothing but a tiny sliver of what would go into creating a bigger experience. Right. And that that's even before you get to all the coding, the bug, yeah. you know, debugging yeah. and all of this stuff. Like it, when they say game design is absurd, wow. you know, that's. And yeah. you hear some of these games, you know, with five or six people Ori had a small team ascent they said they had a small team they didn't um but small team or large team the ability to have unreal regardless of the 10 cent connection uh which is real uh yeah. is is just awesome <laughs> i don't want to hold you any longer but this is this is me well like our podcasts are usually five hours long so <laughs> a one hour podcast um do you put these up in a time so are people going to be like i can't watch this because i don't want to keep going no no these go up oh. raw just like this this is okay. us all right. Yeah. I'm, it, it, this is me caring about you folks listening, but th th that's the cool stuff, dude. <laughs> uh, like you, I don't know, you know, and I don't know if you talk about what you do, but you've said you've done some stuff with AI and stuff. And now we're looking at like people who are coming to grips with AI level generation. We're mm -hmm. seeding, you know, a random seed. We've heard yep. that since the, remember Sega Genesis, Nintendo days. It'd be like, if you enter a seed, it'll, you know, put a city map together. For uh huh. You. Yeah. It never really looked good, but now we're starting to get to the point where AI is saying, hey, man, people love this part of the game. They're tracking heat maps. Like yep. we saw a heat map for uh, Quake. No, not Quake. It was, um, I can't remember, but it was a shooter. They they gave us their heat map. And that- Bungie used you know, to do that for Halo. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It wasn't them, but that is absolutely correct. Yeah. And you could see how people moved. Yep. And it was amazing because they were like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to adjust it every once in a while without yep. telling anybody. And what they did was they raised a rock slightly higher than jump level. And then they put two rocks beside it and they caused people to look and go, oh, I can't jump here. I'm going to go through the gap. But the gap now had an opening on the other side where somebody could shoot them. <laughs> and it was anarchy. They said you could watch people learning. So they would record it. They, they made the change that night. They'd be, let's record every bit of game file. They'd record people playing. And the next day, They'd be like, watch what happened. And you just like AI, if you've ever seen the dot learn how yeah, to play yeah. a game, uh -huh. yeah. people were going, die, die. <sighs> then they were like pausing and then going through because they were timing how long it took a person to sprint from their spawn point to get there. Mm. So if it took them three seconds, the person was running, waiting five seconds. So the person thought nobody was coming. So they ran, they go out and they get the kill. It was the most mind blowing stuff. And they had all these diagrams. They were like, dude, we've traced this, we've traced that, blah, blah, blah. And then and then one of the guys who was working on it was like, but they always want it to be a little broken, a little lopsided. So it so like it's not clinical. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think we've seen that too, where you've seen those games that feel clinical, where you're playing mm -hmm. them and you're like, Call of Duty can feel that way. Where you're just like, I know this level. You know, I know how it's gonna play out. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very uh yeah, that that funny enough, it's funny you bring Call of Duty as the example there because if you remember, so Titanfall One, I adored. I'm a big multiplayer gamer. I love competitive yeah. multiplayer. Titanfall One, I adored. 
because what they did, they basically created this sandbox, right? And then they just created maps that were their own sandboxes that were asymmetrical and you could kind of fit the Titans in all over the place. And, you know, you just, it was, it was crazy. It was beautiful just, anarchy. Uh, yeah. Beautiful anarchy is a great way to describe it. And then Titanfall two, while a, an amazing campaign that's separate, the multiplayer, they, one of the lead designers on the multiplayer came from uh, Infinity Ward or Treyarch, and they basically made the multiplayer maps the three-lane design, which has oh, traditionally been Call of Duty's no. thing. So you had left, middle, right, and they they funnel you right through the map so that you're always running into people. It, for me, personally, it completely ruined it. Like, I it never would. got into Titanfall 2 multiplayer because it, no, despite the, the movement, the mechanics, all of that was fantastic, right? But the the fact that I couldn't just go anywhere with my Titan and my character, it just ruined it. Um, so I yeah. didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware yeah. of that switch. But that right, left, middle kind of League of Legends kind of thing. Yes, works works in those. But did you do Elden Ring yet? Oh God, I have over two hundred hours into it. Yeah. So this, uh, I did a walk in the walk for Elden Ring, and one yep. of the first. Things I haven't I watched it about, yet. I'm waiting okay. to. Okay, it's not a spoiler, but one of the first things I talk about is the moment you enter the world, you walk up and out, and mm. what you see is a defining mark of somebody really intelligently knowing how people play games. If you look at the far right, there's an enemy f flying. They're one of the mm -hmm. flying guys a long ways away. So you're like far out, evil guy flying. You're sort of identifying he might be powerful because he's flying, might be difficult. You see the dude on the horse, jackass on the horse, who blows everybody away. And then you see on the left what looks empty. But if you go there, they hid enemies over there Mm -hmm. that are actually can for a lot of players be difficult and it's actually easier i've found if i go to the left to call to sort of get enemies to come at me at the same time and die because that game is definitely especially when you're starting you can die pretty easy against multiple enemies it was very intelligent because they understood that the that and there were multiple lanes there was five i think at the starting five sort of gaps in the architecture mm -hmm. you could go to but what was smart about them is they knew that a player might choose a certain spot and then they wanted to juggle even that so they hid people around the safe looking spot they made the guy who was far off all by himself he was actually easy to kill mm -hmm. and then they made horse guy who looked amazing resplendent on his horse who just fucking roasted everybody <laughs> and it's funny i beat him pretty easily but i loved that setup because it yeah. felt like it wasn't three lanes i could sort of feel that there was a six or seven there was something about the way they put it up that did feel like geometry wise they sort of cut some paths at first but they tricked people and it was so cool because mm -hmm. i was watching other people play dude i don't know i did samurai what did you do my you review build i did samurai and i so i have four characters i've played it a ton i review build i did samurai and then the the main kind of big playthrough i did i did a uh, warrior so i do mm. it like a fast dex build i like dex builds so do i and I'm a sucker for making sure I can have any armor I want. So a ton of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So when I went in, I was also samurai, which I felt the bow was pretty OP. It was. It was. Yeah. And and that's fine with me because I'm not one of those type of people that's like, I'm going to go out as a beggar with one arm and try to defeat everybody. <laughs> and I'm just like, whatever, you do that. But I go out as that samurai. But that also changes, dude, because then you now have the ability to shoot farther. So now yes. if you went out and saw this flying guy, your entire way of identifying danger might be different than mm -hmm. mine. Magic user goes out. They have a, like, I know a lot of magic users probably didn't look at the middle guy and go, I want to take him on. Cause he does look physical. 
And in fact, the magic user, I think, is pretty easy character to play. Like once you get leveled up, I, yeah, I actually yeah. think they're, you know, they're they're pretty suitable for a, a new person. But yeah, dude, great game. Doing a walking the walk for that was really fun. I don't think it's phenomenal as every like I'm not I don't know what the term would be. I'm not spiritually enlightened because I've played it. But <laughs> it's definitely got dude, they made they made dungeons dangerous again. Yeah. And to me that every time we play a game, Morrowind, whatever you sort of a dungeon is to grind in it's even the joke in most games you yeah we're gonna go to a dungeon and grind in that's this what game, persona does dungeons are made for it's designing, the entire or, right grinding and yeah. and and this that's why i feel like it's sort of like D. dungeons used to be dangerous in D. it used to be that was the scary part if you follow and this is getting a historian of me but if you follow mm. all the sagas the deep sub you know subterranean locations were where the heroes died Nobody was just walking along and they were like, you know, I mean, sometimes they were, but that wasn't what most sagas were about is the deep, mysterious places because humankind has a fear of those. Yeah. And every place I went, man, and <laughs> admittedly, there were some dungeons that didn't look like dungeons in that game where you were just like, yeah. da, 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 what the fuck? But <laughs> it, it, Elden Ring was awesome because if I, I, I just sort of knew I was like, OK, this could be new guys. They did a very good job of teaching you what enemies would come in the future. There was the one dungeon right at the starting with the guys on the walls, the little imp dudes. Mm -hmm. And there, But it wasn't a hard dungeon. But what they were doing was they were like, in the future, you are going to face these guys. Yep. So we're going to put a dungeon very small with a, a couple little things. You don't even get it. I think you get the fire emblem in that one, maybe. You get a pretty shit item. You get an amulet. Yeah, a little yeah. amulet. It's like a 1% to fire. And you're like, dude. Talisman, what, what yeah. The, yeah, I'll just roll out of the way. But... <laughs> But you saw these guys and what they were doing was teaching you that when those guys come up, these are the patterns you'll need to use to yes. fight them. And you come out of that dungeon, that pretty weak dungeon, but you come out with these skills and now you look around the world and now you have those skills yep. and you start going, okay, can I face, can I face the guy on the horse? Because in fact, I don't know how you faced him. I faced him on a horse. Um, okay. Some people did. Yeah. I, yeah, I never did. Didn't... I never used my horse to fight. No. What? No. Whoa, you're yeah. Iron Iron Man. <laughs> I'm always like in those games. I'm a big Souls guy. I love those games to death. Um, so my thing is all timing. Like I, 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 the way I play you is mean up just close, a up lot. close and personal. Everything is timing. Like I just make a miss. Yeah. So yeah, that's just the way I play. Yeah, that's too. I mean, that I don't know. That's pretty stressful. <laughs> I mean, I will. I I have no issue with playing that way, but I certainly I feel like I would die a lot more. I'm. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm that good. The horse just looked good too. Admittedly, yeah. I have videos of me just like double jumping off the guy's head, being like ta ta da, and just looking cool. And I was showing people in our Discord, being like that. I didn't even hit him. Look yeah. how fucking cool that looks. How well like, implemented was that horse, man? It's so well implemented. The, like, dude, yeah. they did it. They did exactly what they needed to do. They still had the animations to make it look real, like when you stop and turn, but yep. they had some weight. And when you would fight a giant and you would like go be between his legs and turn that horse on a dime and then he'd swing and you, they even they warned me in the review build. I don't know if you got the review code. I, I did, I did, yeah. I don't know if you saw, but it maybe it was in the, um in that weird guide we got, but yeah, we got the partial guide. Dude, which by the way, way worse than just playing the game normal. But anyway, um, somewhere there, or perhaps in a preview, somebody said jumping isn't a very good defense tactic. I don't know what world they lived in. I jumped a lot over the top of enemies who were swinging at me, and uh, on the horse you could then you know double jump. Yes. And dude, they implemented it. They 
they nailed yeah. it, man. Yeah, I they think Elden Ring is one of those that uh, I cherish. To your point, it's a spiritual enlightening. I think some people have taken it to the next level, but I do adore that game to death. Um, is it your favorite? Of, of the uh, Dark Souls of, of the From game? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think it's but, their best one. Did you ever do Neo? Yep, two? I did. Neo, two. Neo 1 and 2. So Neo's interesting. Neo 2 was awesome. See, Neo, I really, really enjoy those games. And the thing I, I'm also like, I always joke I'm a loot whore in games. Like, I love loot games, Diablo, Borderlands. Yeah. It's just, I love those games. Um, so Neo, I love the way they do loot because it's randomized. You have rarities and bonuses. And sure. it's really deep in the character mm-hmm. building. The one thing I don't like about Neo is the level design in the sense of... I got the, you. The levels are designed really well, but they're very compact. You know what I mean? Yes. And they're you know, individual. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, Whereas, they're compact, and they feel almost uh, tiled, almost like a, a, a board yes. game in the way they're... Exactly. Yeah. I and know some exactly. people really like that, but I love in the Souls game how everything is one big thing that connects. That's one of yeah. my favorite things about it. So if Neo, if Neo had the combat and loot system mixed with like a connecting right. open world oh my god i i might not leave the house man that so would be i'm my a kurosagama fucking lover the chain and sickle the chain and neo oh, yeah, allowed yeah, yeah. for that and i go in there and i'm and but it is so tight dude it is so tight and they'll be yeah. like there's the one part where the samurai walking over like a dirt bridge and you have to go under the dirt bridge. this is only about two hours three hours into the game and i was like the camera isn't really great for these tight spots i think yeah. that's something it failed at sekiro I liked a lot, but Sekiro had its own issues. Um, I think the one nice thing about Elden Ring that Neo did not do. Neo's just like, welcome to Fuckland. And you just, (laughs) you get killed. Um, And then you have Sekiro, which I felt tried a little bit more, but sometimes you get like, it was like, here, use this grapple, use this. And then you get the ogre who grab you from a mile away. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I hated that guy. But Elden Ring with the open world, I think, helped because it gives humans don't learn under stress as well. Some people will say they do. Like, I learn under stress well, but not as well as not under stress. That's the way humans yeah, work. Uh-huh. And those games, dude, and I, I, it sounds like you're a fan. The From games have always pissed me off because for the most part, they don't let a person who wants to get in, who's headstrong, or, who, or sorry, who isn't headstrong, it doesn't really give them a chance. My friend no. Kadiz tried three. And I think on three, there's a spiked, like, dude with a spear right at the starting. And it just killed Cadiz like six times. He's like, fuck it. I'm not playing. I'm done. This, I've I, got that's friends the, like that, too. Yeah, that's the best part about Elden Ring is it, it if you do defeat a guy, there's space. And it allows the brain to go, okay, I jumped. I rolled. I defeated the guy by doing this. But you look at your health bar and you're like, okay, but he did a lot of damage to me. You mm-hmm. also learn that you can stab people and run off, which was my... That was my claim to fame. I should have just been called the stabber. Every person I faced, you can even see it in my preview video. Every person I faced, I'd be like, Neh. and I'd look at the health bar to see yeah. how much damage yeah, yeah. I was doing. I'd be like, oh, oh shit. And I'd, go, I'd leap on the horse. I'd be like, that guy, I can't take him. But that kind of gameplay is not possible in, in most of the Dark Souls games until yes. either later on when you get to a swamp or ever in maybe one and two. I think we're a little too tight for that. So that's yeah. where I think Elden Ring helps. Yeah, three, three, Souls three broadened it out. That was my favorite love, prior. Dude, um, mine too. Souls three is Souls three is legit. a godly game. Yeah, godly mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah. those bosses, I could rave about Souls three all day. I think Elden Ring did some things built on top of it, though. Your your point about like 
the building blocks that Elden Ring does, the way it's designed to uh, kind of give the player curiosity uh, in yeah. how they explore the world. And then, as you rightly said, just really slowly, at least at the start, kind of build their skills. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. this functions this way and this functions this way. Oh, shit, yeah. I did that. I'm going to die. And you start to really understand how that world's put together. And and then over the course of the journey, it just it just blew me away, man. It just goes crazier and crazier as you go. It's unreal. And there was never a ogre dude like Sekiro. I did not feel cheated. In Sekiro, I felt cheated. I was DMing the developers when I was reviewing that. And I was like, this guy's hitbox is ridiculous. It's stupid. He, he was grabbing me. He was like, he would leap to do a double kick and reverse in the air if I was behind him and hit uh -huh. me anyway. And I was like, guys, I'm legit. I don't get frustrated. I'm mad. Neo 2 never happened. I faced off against the horse first boss like 140 times. You couldn't summon souls because it wasn't online at the time. So I was mm -hmm. by myself. I couldn't summon ghosts or whatever it was called. But that's the thing. I don't think Elden Ring has... Well, I know that some people feel certain bosses. The guy prior to Mar Margaret, no, I call him Margaret. It's like Magrot or whatever. There's, uh, the guy Mar Mar there's Margaret and then there's um, Godric. So, the dude, Godric, I took me a couple times, but I figured out that guy on that fucking, fucking dude on the bridge, he killed me way more. Dude I don't know bridge. why. The guy prior to Godric, Margaret or whatever. Oh, Margaret. Like Margaret. Or Margaret. Yeah, I was calling Margaret because <laughs> Margaret, yeah. dude, that guy roasted me. Oh shoot, my, uh, I forgot my cleaners are here. I do have to go. <laughs> I'll, I'll be out there in a second. Anyway, I do have to go. Sorry, okay, Sorry I held you so long. I love talking. No, not at all, man. It's a great time. So real quick, uh, go ahead and shout out anything you want, kind of listeners to to know, man. Yeah, at ACG. I think it's Angry Centaur Gaming. Still is the is the URL, but you can find me reviewing games, doing the walking the walk still. Uh, the podcast is on Friday, 10.30 Pacific Standard Time, 10.30 a.m., not p.m. And we we have four people from around the world, international podcasts where we talk about games, food. We have developers on. We'll have you on. Make sure to yeah, DM man, me I would love to Twitter, and we'll get yeah, you on. Yeah, I would love to. All right, I'm going to get going. All right, brother. Thanks again. Thank you very much. That was a blast. It's been fun, man. I'll talk <laughs> to you more. Peace. All right, see ya, bud.